You're listening to Mostly Technical, which is brought to you by Lair Jobs, the official Laravel job board, and screencasting.com, where you can learn how to create high-quality screencasts faster than ever. Now, Ian and Aaron. All right. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, we have another special guest this week, Jeffrey Way, the OG. OG. Hey, guys. OG. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad we can talk about the important issues of the day. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say, like, one of the, like, the pillars of the community, should we talk about Laracast? Should we talk about content business? No, we should talk about Twitter. Let's talk about I'm, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is all anyone cares about, of course. <laughs> and I well, see, clearly, you guys are like me, like, I can't bring myself to say X. And it, oh, it's not no. related to I'll Elon or anything. It's like, I just can't do it. No. It makes no sense. It's Twitter that, forever. Yeah, we're going silly. down with the ship. It's Twitter. That's yes. it. For sure. For sure. We were actually just talking about actually important things, which is ages of kids and how kids reach a certain like point where they get actually funny and they really still want to hang out with you before they age out into teenagers. And you're it sounds sounds like Jeffrey, you're in a good spot. And we're all in different spots. That's interesting. I'm just gonna yours say are, that. Yeah, yours yeah. are quite a bit older. Jeff's how older are yours, than minor minor super young. Yeah, so uh, mine are the oldest is 17, looking at colleges oh, wow. and all that is a senior. And then the middle one is 13. And then the baby is uh, 10. Okay, so, so Ian, when did they start to hate you? That's what I want to like. What right? year <laughs> is the cutoff point when they stop liking well, me? Well, here, there's, oh man, that, that we could literally spend an hour on that question because it's so complicated in some ways. Because what's really interesting is as they get older, like their personalities, all three of them have very different personalities and there's just all these different elements to that. So like the mm-hmm. oldest is a little more like, uh, yeah, he's a little more kind of his own person and removed. The middle one's more of like the lovey bear kind of guy, the like the youngest, she's kind of like the family historian and stuff. So like there's all these different things. So far, nobody actually hates us, I'd say, which is good. Um, I, We haven't had the good. full i hate you you're the worst uh sort of thing but it is interesting as they get older they definitely like are withdrawing in certain ways and finding their own space and things like that but it is yeah i would imagine it's more like you know yeah i I would imagine it's more like slowly they just spend more and more time in their own room right which is weird like my kids (laughs) never want to be in their room it's so weird like my kids have so many toys i'm like just go play in your room like give me 30 minutes. Just oh, to have man, some we can't quiet. get anybody to play with toys. Forget that. There's no toys. Oh, I, uh, I know. It's ridiculous. But I would imagine as they get older, they just kind of want to be away from you a little bit more every single year. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, for sure. It, to some yeah, degree, yes, I, but yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go, go for it. I remember years ago, you talking about doing something where you guys did the traveling thing, where you traveled all right. over the world. You pulled the kids out of school. Did that ever pan out? Yeah, so it did. So we started uh, homeschooling in 2018, I'd say. Um, and the oldest mm-hmm. was uh, in like sixth grade, I think, at that time, something like that. And it was awesome. Yeah. We spent like three months in Europe and traveled all around Europe. Um, spent a big chunk of time in Paris, which was really cool to spend like six weeks, I guess, in just one spot in Europe. Because it's like not just like, let's go see all the sites and run through. It's like, no, like we went to the grocery store and, you know, we did all these sorts of things like that. Found the little local coffee place we went to every day or whatever, you know, like just had all those real life experiences in a different location, um, which was really cool. I mean, there was just things like, I mean, there's just so many things you pick up when you do something like that. One that really stands out is like us being this American family with five people, (laughs) three kids, 
We're in this little sure. Parisian apartment, right? And we're going to the grocery store. Like the grocery store is there. They don't have carts. They don't have anything. Like people are like have three things in their hand and they go to the checkout, right? I'm like for one day with my big American boys. Like I'm like, we had to bring our own car. It's loded full of stuff. It's like, like this I know, is like, like a we're, we're the Costco country, like, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> like they, don't, they don't have big refrigerators are. either. So you get yeah, it all no. home. You go every you have day, right? It, you go every yeah. day, yeah. But like I'm going every day and I'm like, you know, with piles of stuff and like everybody else has like some sliced ham. And like, you know, that's it. And I'm like, some sliced him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. So yeah, so that worked, it worked out. And then the second year we were going to do a big trip to Joshua Tree and like all around the desert and California and whatever. But then uh, we were leaving the day, like the, uh, that week, like COVID started and they were canceling oh, the wow. flights and everything. And we were like, oh man, if we like get to California and then like the flights are canceled and are we driving across the country and there's this disease going, you know, whatever. We were just like, all right, I guess whatever, we're not going. Oh, so, so, so COVID and yeah, that would make sense. COVID. COVID impacted yeah. that, the second wave of big travel. Um, so yeah, but the first one worked out and it, yeah, it was great. And the kids were homeschooled for like three years. So then we like kept homeschooling and COVID and then now, you know, everybody's back in school and we're back on the more standard path there but uh what do you think and aaron are do you homeschool are you going to have you thought about it um so our kids are both we have twins they're two and a half and the new and ones you... are not here yet um Oof. yeah yeah so the yeah. new ones truly could be here this this week right? oh no I mean, we're, on the, we're, yeah. we're on the clock yes we are on the clock my wife is 36 weeks pregnant with twins so yeah, it so it's, it's not here, beyond Jeffrey, possibility like... that we end this podcast in the next. No, we keep, oh, we keep no, going. We keep going. There's a not. Yeah. He just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that's the answer. There, there's a non-zero chance that I leave and Ian and you yeah. keep talking. Yes, yeah. non-zero okay. for okay. sure. Um, Fair enough. Wow. So right now, yeah, right now they're in like a three day a week, basically just Mother's Day out kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. We will probably put them in public schools all the way through high school is our, is mm. our goal. Um, and mm -hmm. so we just moved, we actually just bought a house in a district that has really good public schools through like all the way through high school. And our goal is for them to be like in the schools, in the neighborhood, in the community, just trying to be a part of the neighborhood that we live in. So that's, yeah. that's our goal. Um, cool. I would love, I would love to personally homeschool, but, uh, I think I would do it, and I don't think Jennifer has very much interest in doing it, and so eh, we're not mm. gonna do it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah we weren't super on the on that one. Yeah, we weren't super on the homeschool. Like our main thing was kind of about the traveling, really, which was then it was kind of a bummer the back half because like there was COVID and all that stuff. Because like it's like, well, we have this business, we could do, you know, I could do it from anywhere. Um, we've never left the town we grew up in. <laughs> like we're here. Like let's just take a few years and go do something different and live somewhere different um, without the full, like we're actually fully moving to Europe or Australia or something. It's like, no, we can just like go take three months or four months or whatever it was and go do that. So that yeah, was kind of an, an interesting middle ground. Gen Jennifer and I did that before we had kids. We spent three wow, months in Paris. Play. Wow. Yep. Three months. We lived I didn't even three know months. We split it between two Airbnbs. So we did like the first half and one, you know, uh, neighborhood in the second half in a different neighborhood so we could experience yep. two things and it was amazing it was totally unlike anything else any other travel i've ever done because yeah we started to like 
know where the grocery store was and have our, you know, our quote unquote friends, which were just the people that served us coffee at the coffee shop. And <laughs> she'd be like, Hey, hi, we know you. Um, and it was, it was just so, so fun. So yeah, I mean, if you can pull it off three months feels, feels about right. It's long enough to feel like you're, you're there, but it's short enough that you can come home and your friends are like, Oh Yeah. You weren't gone that long. You're like, well, it was three months. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys done any big traveling, Jeffrey? My wife and I did a big trip to Europe for about, it wasn't three months. I wish we had done three months. It was like a month and a half, something like that, where we we did the whole thing where it's like we went into the UK and then we took the train and we traveled down to Rome and we spent a week and a half there. And it's like, we just kind of did that little circle that a lot of people do Mm -hmm. in that area. And yeah, it's, it's like, it's one of the best memories I have like everyone in there, especially as young as possible in your early twenties, you yeah. should do it for sure. It's yeah. expensive. Was that before? Was it, that before kids? Or oh, of course, of course. Yeah, okay, it's just, okay, before kids. it opens your eyes to think. Like it's, growing up in the U.S., you just have your idea of how things are. Like I'll give you an example. Yep. Um, when I worked at this company called Envato, we had a company meetup in Malaysia, and I grew up in Tennessee, so I had my ideas of like what Malaysia is. And then you get there, and it wasn't that at all. You know, right. like the, the, the nicest mall I've ever been into in my life was in Malaysia, you know, no and you, you just don't, yeah, you just don't think this at all. Right. Just we were like, exposed it, to. it's horrible to say, but we were thinking like, is it okay? Is it safe for us to go? Like what, what are the safe areas of the, none of that applied whatsoever. It, it was, it was right. an, a wonderful experience. And those are things you can't imagine until you go there. Otherwise you just, it's just whatever, whatever you were brought up to believe is what you think. Uh, and you have to go there to see for yourself uh, what it's actually like. So yeah, yeah we, we were very yeah, ignorant before doing that, I think. The ultimate hack, you said it, it's not cheap. It's not cheap, but it's way cheaper if you book an Airbnb for like six weeks. It's like, right, that's what we you do, know, they, yeah. they mark it down by like 60% or something. Yeah. And so if you go and then you're like, you're shopping at the grocery store, so you're not eating out every meal. And so if you want to, if you want to like go to a spot, do it for, you know, as long as you can. And that's a that's a hack to get it a little bit cheaper. Yeah, I think yeah, that's like, definitely yeah. the way to go, too. Because otherwise, like sometimes when you when you go to places for a few days, like you're just going to different cities, you know, and the cities right. mm-hmm. somewhat all are the same. But it's like you have to spend a long time there to really see what the city is about. Otherwise, it's like, oh, another city with a bunch of buildings, you know, and a bunch of streets that I don't know where I'm, I'm going to miss all of the cool things I should actually do because I'm only right. here for three days for a conference, yep. you know? Yeah. yeah. And you're just in the tourist zone, you know, you're not, you don't get a chance to get out to the real parts of the city and all that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That was one of the things when in Europe, one of the biggest things that hit me kind of along the lines of your story, Jeffrey was like, we were trapped. So after we left Paris, so we're with the three kids and we we didn't even think we packed that much for three months. We're like, everybody had a, a rolly bag and a backpack. Like that's what we had for three months in Europe. Right. And we were on the train to Italy. Cause that was like the second country we went to after France. And mm-hmm. then we were on this little train to the little town we were going to like this, you know, local type train. And we just had our stuff packed in there and we looked insane. Like nobody else on the train had anything. Meanwhile, I have this giant, you know, five rolly bags. Gris- like Griswold family, up. basically. And I was like, this is, we are ridiculous. This whole thing is insane. And just like, we went to Europe like a year ago and we just had a backpack each. That's it. Well, like no rolly bags, no nothing. We pack what we have in our backpack. That's it. We'll do laundry, whatever. Like, but we'll make it work. And we were only there for like three weeks that time. But still, it was like, 
No, this being a crazy American with 10 pieces of luggage. No way. Can't do it. Not absolutely. Doing it. Oh, like yeah. we had a, we had a similar story. We were in Italy and we just didn't know. We thought on Sunday, like, oh, let's just get a tra- get on a train in Italy and go to one of the small towns. And I'm like, I cannot remember what the town name was. Ugh, I hate that. I can't remember it. But anyways, we get there on Sunday and it just didn't occur to us that in some of these small towns, like Sunday, everything shuts down. Right. It's not like <laughs> businesses <laughs> are open on Sunday. The entire thing is shut down. So right. we get there on a Sunday and we're walking around because, of course, we don't have a car. We're just walking. I have like the most American hat on, of course. And people are looking at us, but there's nothing for us to do because every single business, every restaurant, every store is shut down because it's right. Sunday morning, obviously. And so we were just kind of stuck there for like six hours until the train came back and we could go back uh, to the city. It, it's just <laughs> fun, things you don't trip. think about. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's weird. It was a fun trip because it's, it's one of our, yeah, of our course. the funniest memories is us mm-hmm. walking around this deserted town trying to figure right. out what to do. Yeah, exactly. That's the serendipity of those things. It's like this is you had all this, I'm sure, interesting experiences and great food and whatever. But that's the story you told, right? It's like yep. this one exactly. where you're just wandering yeah, around yeah, yeah, randomly yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Shall we all do right, it? So yeah, let's go. Let's jump into the actual. All topic. right, all right. I'll set. I'll set the scene here, and then I'll let. I'll let Jeffrey. Uh oh. Oh, he is stacking his notes. Guys, he's got I had notes. Coffee this morning. <laughs> he's got <laughs> a notebook. Okay. Oh boy. All right. We're in trouble. We're in trouble here. So here's here's the inciting <laughs> incident, and then I'll I will allow Jeffrey to make his points, and I will rebut. And Ian, you can you can interject and moderate. Um, sure. It would be great, Ian, if you took my side, just as like a, you know, just as like a friendly little <laughs> a... reminder. All right. The inciting on, I, my, incident. my instinct is Ian might take my side on this one. I'm very wow. curious to see how this turns I'm out. I'm going to hold it remember, close to the vest right now. Ian, yeah. remember who's going to be here next episode. So remember <laughs> which relationship you want to be forging here. Actually, I'm going to be here Ian, next episode. <laughs> Ian, you're Gen X, right? Okay. Uh, yes. You're Gen X, yes. right? Gen X. Yeah. Okay. Well. Aaron, okay, let's see how this goes. All right, tough road to hoe. Here we go. Uh, Jeffrey underscore way on Twitter says, what's the most generous explanation for why most of us at some point retweet compliments? You would, emphasis, never do this in real life. So the question being posed by Jeffrey is, why do we retweet nice things about ourselves when that would be insane behavior to do in person? Jeffrey, the floor is yours. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I love that he has notes. This is like, I feel so like I'm at the a spiral, a spiral Guys, notebook. <laughs> don't take this too serious. I had coffee this morning. I was like, oh, I should probably think for five seconds before I come to the podcast. But I do feel like I'm at the Oxford Union. Thank you, everyone, for having me. No, um, look, I don't care that much about this. You know, this is just some dumb, dumb tweet. And actually, I, I would love it if you guys would convince me I'm wrong on this one, because maybe I'm, maybe I'm super overthinking this. But I think there's a little bit of grossness that you feel uh, when you see these things. And okay, is there? Okay, don't be shy. Question. This is not the show to be shy on. Don't okay. be shy. Lay it, out, lay it out. Is there etiquette when it comes to Twitter as to what is acceptable behavior and what is not? Okay, for example, we have to distinguish between um, retweeting a comp, like a personal compliment. We talked about this, Aaron, and retweeting a business compliment. So if mm-hmm. I said like, oh. Aaron, I saw you got a haircut. You look really good. And you, you hit retweet. Is mm-hmm. that gross at all? All right. That's my first question. Is, is that kind yeah. of gross? 
Okay. Ian, uh, you are first. we are we doing question response or are you going to lay out the questions <laughs> and then we'll what you want to do question I response? I, have, I don't know. It's your show. I haven't planned anything. I like this. We can no. Let's go with Jeffrey's all right, all right. Let's, like let's it. start there. Is it yeah. gross to retweet a personal compliment like that, Ian? What do you think? Um, so I I do I totally agree at least with this premise of that there is a distinction of some sort between a personal compliment and hey I love this open source thing you're doing hey i love this your product like i do think that there's something there that's a distinction and whether or not it's important it's important or not i don't know there is a distinction though right like so i think it's uh is it gross or not man you know i'm gonna go a little bit towards i know (laughs) go a little bit towards jeffrey i guess on this one like i don't think it's i guess i'm sort of in the middle of you guys honestly a little bit but um I don't know if I would do the like, yeah, you have a nice haircut. Am I going to retweet that? I'm sure I have, right? Let's just start there. I'm sure I have. It's <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. Yes. Like, it's like the yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just going to hit the retweet button, don't, right? Like, nobody check button. our prior history. Right. Just no, take, right, right. take a but, word But if I think sure. you should, is a different thing. Like, yes, should I do right. that? And that's why should my tweets, that? for sure. And that's why my tweets specifically said, why do we do this? Because I was thinking right. like every, I've done all of these things that when I see it sometimes, from other people annoy me a little bit. And then there's just the reality, like the way we receive things, you know, that, that phrase, the way you receive things says more about you than it does about the person, right? So the things that maybe irk you about what a person posted, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with your own, yes. your own crap, right? right. So like, yes, I try to keep stoic. that in perspective, but it okay, doesn't change. So, wait, go ahead. Wait, you, go, up, you, go, you go, you go, you go. Ian says, Ian says there's a distinction, but maybe not a difference between personal and business. Maybe a small difference. I think I, I draw a distinction with a difference between retweeting a, Hey, your course was good. Your video was good. And Hey, you're looking handsome today. I think those are, those are very different things. And one feels, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to show my cards too early. One feels like it serves a purpose and one feels like vanity. So yes, first question, I think there's a difference and it does feel weird for me personally to retweet like a, almost like a personal or vanity compliment. Well, do you think too, there is this element though, right? Think about humans in general, forget Twitter. Like humans. I feel like, Twitter unleashes this thing people have always wanted. Like when someone, how many times have somebody wanted, you want somebody's compliment in front of somebody else. Like you're in school Mm -hmm. and you want the validation of someone's compliment in front of the girl you like, in front of your friends for whatever, right? Or whatever your scenario is there. Like you wish that compliment had happened in front of a certain person or people, right? And then Twitter lets you unleash that. Whether that should be unleashed is a, a, an interesting question. But it lets mm-hmm. you be like, oh, I got this compliment over here two days ago. Now I can just show it to the girl who likes me and the mm-hmm. peer group I want to know about my coolness in whatever way that is, right? Which and very hard to not take the Twitter up on that, right? Maybe that's why we're all slowly going crazy, though. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't you ever wonder, we like, there, yeah. are we all just slowly being morphed by social media? You know how they say everything goes back to the invention of the like button? Like they can trace everything going on today to Facebook adding the like button. And then suddenly that tweaks the way you create a post. Because now you're not just saying, like when I I first joined Facebook in 2004, it was, what are you doing? And I, you know, I I was thinking about this the other day. I think originally it had your name in the beginning and then you would fill in the blank. Because I have a lot Mm -hmm. of posts from 2004 that start with the word is, like is yep. currently figuring out blah, 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 is doing this. And all I can imagine is 
they had your username at the beginning in bold. And it was it was status right. only. There was no wall. So you would right. just there was no like notification feed, I guess. There was a wall, no but feed, there was no, no feed. feed. So yeah. you were just That's like, right. The wall Aaron, was Aaron added Francis later. is at the soccer game. And if someone came to your profile to look, they would see that. Right, right. So when I'm when i I'm not on Facebook anymore, but when I w- was, they would do that thing where it's like, here's what you wrote 10 years ago. And then they always started with the word is. And they were, they were so cringy. I never wanted to see yeah, them. You I know, know. Same. I was like, oh, God, I was actually writing that stuff. But I f- the original version of Facebook was just, what are you up to? You know? Yep. But Twitter feels like a different thing. Twitter feels like it's not, well, I don't know. I remember explaining Twitter to my family and coworkers right when it came out. And I remember saying, Oh, it's like the digital water cooler, right? And this is what this is what everyone said. It's like, oh, especially if you work remotely, it's the water cooler. But then it got to a point where it's like, oh no, Twitter is kind of both things. It's the water cooler, but it's also like the PR branch for your personal brand, right? right. right. And that's why I think <laughs> yes. that's where it gets tricky. It's like, is Twitter for you, Aaron, or me? Is it just for you to talk about what you're working on, or is it a vessel for you to sell me products? And the answer is probably both, right? Maybe. Yeah. Like, it is so for is, me. Is that, is, that the, is that the next question? Because I'm ready. I don't know. Like, this is junk. Like, <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go with it, Aaron. Go with it. I don't have one, yeah. two, three on here. I think, I think that is the hard part, right? So that was, that was kind of my point of view. Like, we retweet things. We retweet compliments. Or I'll speak for myself. I retweet nice things when they are related to some other outcome I'm trying to get besides just like people knowing that I'm good and nice and smart. Right. So if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to sell a course or I'm trying to get people to go watch a planet scale video or something, there's some amount of like, I can say, I can say that I've just released the thing and then never talk about it again. And that's just, not going to work, unfortunately. So I think my options are I can say over and over and over that I have a thing or the thing is good or please remember that I did the thing. And that's like, eh, that feels uh, almost almost worse to me, honestly. Or, you know, when somebody's like, hey, I just watched this planet skill video and it was really good. I learned whatever. I can just retweet that and other people that brings back to mind and in like my followers minds. Oh, yeah, Aaron did this thing. And this other person, this this third party is saying it's really good. Maybe it is good. Maybe I'll go watch it. And so that's where I think it's like, yes, I'm definitely trying to use that as social proof and promote stuff. But I also personally like to hang out on Twitter and like joke around with friends. And so there's this weird mix of business and personal, which is why I draw a distinction between business and personal retweets, honestly. Yeah, it's interesting. But it's still the same account. That's the weird thing. It is right, still right. the same account. Yes. And it is definitely the PR for the personal brand line. Yeah, that is 100% true. Yeah, because if it was a business account and it retweeted compliments, I wouldn't think anything of it. And I do it from the Laracast yeah. account all the time. And I guarantee I do it from my personal account too, but I don't know. There's, there's, there's a you level of shame that. involved yeah. when I do that. You know what I mean? And yeah, and that's why saying- So what is the shame? What is the shame for you that's involved? If somebody, so let me give you, let me give you an example. Um, let's see. I just watched the Laravel 10 from scratch series by at Jeffrey way. And I'm fully up to speed. What a great course. Like, and Thank you, you 
Yes, you're welcome. You retweet that and feel shame. What is, where is that? Like, what are you feeling? Um, okay, I like, I like that. I'm sitting on the couch here. Um, <laughs> oh, I lay down at mine. You, you get to sit Maybe. at yours? That's awesome. Yeah. Do people actually lay down in therapy? <laughs> no, I, I always wonder that. I never always, lay down. I don't think I so. I've never sat. laid down. Yeah. Is that I've a movie thing? Sat. Like, they lay down? <laughs> I, think it, I think it is. Yeah. Um, it's not a shame. It's just, okay. All right. I got it. I got it. I got it. Tell me. I got it. It's manipulative, I think. Mm. Okay, a so new word enters the fray. You know what Twitter should have? I feel like Twitter should have a section for, because it is true. It's like, it's partially your personal account, mm-hmm. but it's also your personal brand. And mm-hmm. you see this on Instagram, especially. Everyone has a personal brand. Mm-hmm. People aren't just posting photos anymore. It's like, no, right. this is my brand and this is all I post on. Okay. When... You, if there was a way to just say, this is a testimonial that I would like included as part of my account, that would be cool. Just like they added highlights, maybe mm. there's like a testimonial section. But when it's a retweet where you're like, oh, this warms my heart that this person got so much from my course, it's like, ah, it doesn't warm your heart. You're just retweeting it so that you can make more money. You know what I mean? That's where I feel like it's manipulative. And I'm I'm not going after you, Aaron, because I do this. No, stuff no, no. More I don't feel. You. I don't feel gone after. But I do it more than you. So just to be crystal clear, <laughs> this is so. This is this is me analyzing myself here. Mm-hmm. But it feels manipulative because you're the, you're 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 representing flattery or modesty, like oh, thank you so much. But in reality, it's like ah, I'd like more people to buy this product, and this is a good way to do it. Is to act like I'm just so humbled by how my course affected. Uh, this person when it's really not that you just want more people to buy your stuff you know what i mean wow okay so am i am Red. i the crazy one no 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 no. i'm I crazy just, I just love a right, stance. Ian. no no no. we love a stance uh, well, i wonder i wonder okay. though see there is this whole other side of this which is like what do what does the audience want and so mm. when i'm following jeffrey way and lara cass and aaron francis mm. right like those compliments that you retweet of like a course or whatever, right? Like I actually mm. find them super useful because it's like, I mean, Larry cast proves so much stuff. I can't possibly keep up on all of the, yes. that you do. Right. And like you know, Aaron's freaking always yes. keeping up, producing so much. So like when something comes, gets put back in front of me, right. I think that's, that's useful. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, Jeffrey did that course on whatever. And I got to mm-hmm. make time to like hop over to Larry cast and like, and look at it and now obviously you could do the same thing by having like structured um you know just tweets about each course that go out over time and whatever right you could do it that way too but i actually i mean i'd rather see what somebody thought about it um because sometimes there's even little interesting nuggets in the bit of text that's in the retweet right like so like you have an extreme example like your hair looks nice today yes that's like useless for me to know that somebody said your hair looks nice today right but everything slightly above that and beyond actually often is either entertaining or actually useful and so i Mm. think that that's there is like the audience people aren't mass uh unfollowing you when you do these things right now i guess there is the idea of like is that manipulation and that ties them to you in a manipulative way and like maybe i've been manipulated to look forward to your retweets about your courses and uh i've been pavlov dog trained somehow (laughs) by this and like that's bad that i am but uh i do yeah i don't know and it is interesting to like know somebody who is a brand of themselves like it's more interesting to follow jeffrey way and what's going on a little bit personally plus the business as opposed to just like hurts or 
Vercel, right. let's say, or, or whatever. Or an like, RSS feed from Laracasts or right, something. Uh, right, yeah. something generic. Yes. So, yes, that's true. Yeah. Because Twitter is such a weird amalgamation of these things, of entertainment and information. Like, not, nothing's like Twitter, which is why it's sort of irreplaceable in that way. Because it is a combination of everything all at once. Mm. Yeah, Tim Ferriss has turned into pure brand and no personality. And if you go look at his Twitter account, he's got like, you know, 2 million followers or something. And it's basically just an RSS feed and each post gets like 3000 views or something like that. And it's just because it's like, I don't, I don't want to follow an RSS feed. That's just not interesting to me. So I think there is something like you said, Ian, to be said for like, I actually do want to follow the personality brand knowing that it's like some amalgamation of personal and business. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's a good argument that we're numb to it, you know? Things that maybe, like like I said, you would never, whatever the, the real life version of a retweet is, you would never do that mm-hmm. in real life. But it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe we're sort of numb to that, though, where we don't, we don't perceive it in the same way. It's, it's funny. I'm always thinking, like, how would my grandfather think about, like, if somebody complimented <laughs> me and I shared it with right. all my friends? I feel like my grandfather would be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it is true. It's like social media in the same way that. Instagram is its own culture and things are mm-hmm. like posting selfies on Instagram is, is far more acceptable than it is on Twitter. Twitter, it's like you can sometimes mm-hmm. do it. But if, if I was posting a picture of myself multiple times a day, people would start unfollowing because it's kind of against the culture. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an yes. example. There's this guy. He's the CEO of an educational site. I'm not going to out him. Um, I unfollowed him. Is it him Yes, I'm talking about myself. Uh, no, if I, if I said the name of the company, you would know it. But yeah. I quietly unfollowed him because I just couldn't take it anymore. He, he would do this thing where he would post screenshots of famous quotes, you know, from like Einstein mm-hmm. or Abraham uh, Lincoln or, uh, or whatever. Like, those but are the next to the, Right. But it got even worse. Next to the quote was a picture of this guy. Not, not the person responsible for the quote, but a picture of himself. And he would do no. it like six <laughs> times a day. Quote, no. picture of me, screenshot. And then two oh hours later, gosh. famous quote, picture of me. And no. it, that's the weird thing wow. about social media is it makes you do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. Like he had it in his head that that was probably like a way to, I don't know, um, make it look Have like you're talking to each content. other. And the yeah. same way that we're talking to each other right now, there's nothing vain about us showing our faces because it just makes for a better experience. But there was just something about that where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Well, this but again, no. it comes back to what I wrote here. The way we receive things says more about us than them. So maybe that's my own, uh, like, like yeah, idiosyncrasies or neuroses or something so like that. So that's just an example of someone playing the game really poorly, in my opinion. Mm. I, don't think, I don't think that's an indictment on the medium in any way. I think that's an indictment on a lazy player. So I think that's somebody that was like either got coaching or saw, you know, hired a firm or saw other people doing it and thought, ah, here's a hack where I can have infinite content because I'm supposed to be posting, right? Everybody's supposed to be posting. And Mm -hmm. I can schedule these six months out and never have to worry about the platform. And it's like, yeah, Mm. that that's never going to look good, in my opinion, because you're going to end up looking kind of like a doofus, which is what which is what that is. And like the three of us here, I don't think would ever drift into you know, vapid thought leadership content quotes, that sort of thing. And but I think what, that's okay. a fundamentally different, like that's a fundamentally different uh, problem is that he's just a bad player of the game. 
Yes. Okay. So what is wrong? Like, why do we respond to thought leader style tweets negatively? Like, what is wrong with it? Even, I think, and I do, I agree with you, but what's wrong with it then? Um, I don't know what's wrong with it. I know why I respond negatively to it. I think there's a mismatch between, um, I think there's a mismatch between like the medium and the perceived, like the voice that you're using to communicate. So for example, if you're hanging out at, if you're hanging out at a friend's house and you're like playing a board game and having drinks and somebody starts like going all a uh, mega church preacher and you're all sitting at the like with tone of voice and cadence and volume and that sort of thing. And you're sitting at the table with six friends having a drink and playing settlers and somebody takes on that tone of voice. You're like, this is, this is weird. Like, what are you doing? It's just us hanging out. And I yeah. feel like that's what happens when people go into real thought, like real, like aphorism, like tweet a pithy quote. That's what happens on Twitter when people go into thought leadership mode is like, we're all just kind of hanging out and you're, you're over here just like spouting off little quotes and preaching and like, bro, that feels, that feels weird. And so yeah. that's what I think. I think it's a, a, like a format that doesn't match the communication means or like, well, what's interesting, space, right? Maybe. It's interesting yeah. though, that it works, right? Like not with us, OG Twitter users. It doesn't work with us. We're like, Ooh, that's no. gross. But you obviously we could all enlist a whole bunch of accounts that have millions of followers that basically yep. all they do is that with the occasional sprinkling of whatever the other thing they're trying to sell is but like it's 90 percent right. thought is, leadership is james clear is that james clear quotes. now oh does james anybody clear. follow james him seem, i don't know if i follow is he him atomic like, ryan holiday does it with yeah. the stoic stuff i love his book ryan, ryan holiday yeah. is yeah that's another his one stuff, i'm like, trying ryan to think Holiday's of somebody that's like um, adjacent to us that does that like like the Gumroad guy, he's, he's like an yeah. abuser of the thought leadership. Um, mm -hmm. And what, what's the other guy? But it seems like the, the biggest guy. abusers are people that you've never really heard of, yet somehow every post they make gets like crazy retweets and likes. So it's like yeah. clearly they figured out the algorithm. And yet at the same time, my response to that is almost like repulsion. Like I, I, yes. I feel like it's it's like farming or like fishing or, or whatever the term and that's is why for it's that. So, that's why it's so dangerous to do, in my opinion. And that's why also like being a thread boy was dangerous. And that's why also I think being a meme, a meme lord on Twitter was dangerous because you get this short term hit of like the algorithm shows you to a bunch of people. But you also you also like you kind of alienate the the people that you want to be in the room with. Right. And so you end up like, you end up getting all these followers that are like, ha the memes, what funny memes. And then a bunch of other people mute you because you're always making memes about rust or whatever. Right. And yeah. so I think it is, Ugh. it is like, yeah, we Ugh. see people having success with it, but at what, at what cost? Like, yeah, maybe they've got a ton of followers, but have all of the serious people muted them? Because they're like, God, this guy is just memeing all day, every day. And I guess that's maybe where I draw it back to when you said, why do you feel shame about like retweeting your own stuff, which I do constantly? It, it's that same idea. It's like, oh, I thought we were all hanging out here. And then all of a sudden, no, I'm actually using you as a sales funnel. And we thought we were just hanging out, but we're really not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm selling to you. That at the end of the day, you know, it's like um, you read an article and it's like, Oh, fill out your email for this free PDF and you do it. And it's like, it's not about the free PDF. It's so that six months right. from now, they're going to sell you their Black Friday thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like whenever you get into that misleading territory, it's almost always a bad way to go. Like Here's if your metric was, 
what is most generous and um, friendly to whoever you're trying to sell to, that's the way to go. So if, if you're trying to mislead them, I feel the same way about things like um, sign up now because in two days the price doubles. So this is your last chance before the price goes. Like everything feels a little manipulative. Like you're, like you're trying to sell yeah. to the people instead of be friends with them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So here's here's a question. It keeps you keep mentioning uh, manipulative or misleading. And I think yeah. one thing, one interesting thing you said earlier about the the retweeting is like uh, kind of like, oh, I'm so humbled. This false humility of, oh, this person really loved my thing and I'm humbled by that. I kind of have maybe in a, a hot take or an opinion on that, that a lot of people say humbled when they really just they're they're lying. And I, I think I agree with you there. And so whenever like. It's it's happened many times where people have reached out to me privately or publicly and told me about the MySQL for developers course and how like important it was to them because they never understood databases. And I never I do not frankly feel humbled by that. What I do feel is honored. And so I will always tell them, like, I feel that's I'm honored that you think that because it is like I don't feel less. I feel more like I feel like elevated to a place of, you know, honor. And so I think there's this thing that maybe you're ascribing and maybe certain people do this but you're ascribing generally which is like everyone is pretending to be humbled and moved and like low am i when really they want to sell to you and i think mm -hmm. there's a second there's a second way where it's like hey that really meant something that you said that i'm honored that you think that and i want to share that with my audience not under any false pretenses, but to share that as like the the testimonial to my audience. And I I think like trying to say I'm humbled and this means something to me personally maybe mm -hmm. does feel a little bit weird versus yeah. But why does it have to be shared? Why does it have to be shared with your own audience? Why can't you just accept the compliment? You know what I mean? Like at the end yeah. of the day, there there is motivation. It is like, well, if I retweet it, just more, just by definition, more eyes will see the link mm -hmm. to my to my course, delaricast.com. Yep. And the likely, all of this is like increasing the likelihood. The likelihood yes. that you will see the name of my business and sign up goes up every single time I retweet a compliment or something like that. And maybe like I was talking to a guy I met, um, he's the CEO of Code School. And we met up for coffee a couple of years ago. And I was we were talking about um, running sales, very similar to your conversation with Caleb about a week or two ago. And I was talking about like doing the Black Friday ads. And that makes me feel a little bit gross. Very, again, Caleb and I had a super similar conversation on Telegram about a year ago about this mm. exact thing. So it's very funny. And he was telling me he will send out like the Black Friday announcement ad. But then the one at the very end that says, hey, we're going to close up shop in two hours and the sales gone. He mm -hmm. said, that's the email that makes everyone sign up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And still like, I feel gross every time I send it, just like Caleb. And he responded like treating me like I was kind of like, okay, like who cares? Like you're running a business here. <laughs> whether you feel bad or not is irrelevant. So whether did it increase sales or did it not? And I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I am overthinking this a little too. It doesn't matter. It's like you're running a business. You know, Target's not thinking about like, what are the uh, the ethics around <laughs> promoting Target? Like, they don't care. You know, it's irrelevant. You know, it's just a numbers game. Do the numbers go up when you do this thing or do they go down? And then everything else is maybe irrelevant. But then again, it's like it's very different when it comes to your personal brand. 
It's like, it's not, it's not your business. It's not HubSpot. It's Ian Lansman, the product or, or Aaron, the product. And we're all trying to figure out like, how do you, how do you manage that? Cause it's, it's a, it's a brand new thing. You know, it's, it's yeah, very I think strange. It's very, I think also people who come from the development background, I think a lot, they don't have like that natural self-promotion instinct quite as much in general. Yeah. I think some of them do. And it, everybody who does, it usually pays off, right? Um, if you can <laughs> put that fear aside and be like, no, I'm going to be okay with like feeling uncomfortable sometimes because what I've done is valuable and useful and I'm going to be okay talking about it in that way, right? But that's still not something natural that maybe a more natural somebody who came up in marketing might feel more naturally or whatever. But if you think about all the great promoters of our time, Steve Jobs, right? Or whoever, like they're not worried about the self-conscious part as much as getting their story out and what they've done and what the products do. And yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of um, kind of something that you have to overcome to some degree. And it's just then finding different people find their different levels with it of how much they're willing, how far they're willing to push it. Cause I'm sure both you guys, right. Especially I feel like with the B2B app, it's a little different. I feel like the self-promotion has never worked quite as strongly yeah. as like a content thing does or maybe i've just n done it poorly and i definitely haven't been all in on it at certain points but um but yeah if you have that like tie to yourself and how that feeds into the individuals buying your your services and what they feel about you impacts if they buy or not what they feel about the product and how you can let them get that information to them about the product impacts that and so mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think there there is at the end of the day right like you're not helping anybody if Lara Cast goes out of business, like then, then you help nobody, right? So there mm. is this element. There is some level of like where you have to promote it so that people buy it, so that you can keep making more of it, so that you can keep helping people uh, and have that virtuous cycle go. Um, that you have to be okay with it. And then, but there is like this line, of course, of like yeah, and and obviously the original conversation being Twitter and personal versus business and all those things. But I think on the business side of it, anyway, I think the upsides are are bigger than the downsides right like that's how that's how you give back to the community like jay-z has a line about this where like he got rich and gave back like that's how he did it right so like that's kind of the thing is like you can't give back if Lara cast is out of business and you're working at some job somewhere right so like there is this yeah. cycle of, of promotion that's required to do the awesome things for the community and obviously same with aaron and the things you're yeah, doing yeah, so I, I think it's different for the CEO of, I forget, Code School or whatever, the business, it, at some level, the business becomes an entity on its own. Um, and so like Target is an entity unto itself. And they'll send millions of Black Friday emails to me specifically, not in general, just to me, <laughs> to my inbox. <laughs> they will send me 1 million Black Friday emails. And that's fine for them because they have, you know, fiduciary duties to shareholders. And I think it gets really... The, the difference then is Laracast is an entity, but it's also you, right? It is, it's, it's Jeffrey way. And so then there's a big difference between like, what, what is, what are Jeffrey ways? What's Jeffrey's brand and how many emails can Jeffrey's brand sustain or how many emails does Jeffrey want to send? And I think that's the big difference between like code school or target and, Laracast yeah. and you know the Aaron Francis Galaxy of well whatever. in my mind everyone has like a a budget that's how I think of it on social media they have a budget for what they're willing to take from you right so it's like oh I'm following this person 
But if they go too far into this territory, they they use yes. up their budget, and I just right. can't Correct. do it anymore. You know, and yeah. it, it could yep. be anything, right? It could be like like political views, like oh, that's yep. just, they've right. gone too much. I can't do this anymore. It could sports. be promoting their sports. It could yep. be um, oh, I'm really interested in your programming content, but you keep talking about movies or something like that. So yep. now I'm not like it, this is all the stuff that we have to think about. And I think the same thing is true for for marketing. And every time I tweet about yes. Laracast, it is marketing. And I feel like I'm using up that budget for people mm-hmm. so that if I do it too much, they're going to unfollow me because I would unfollow me. Like you, you don't want to yeah. feel like you're being sold to. <laughs> well, that's the big problem. Is, Nobody wants no, to feel that's like great. That's, sold the, to. that's the right equation. Yeah, I think that's See, I don't, I don't even, I actually don't agree with that. Um, honestly, no. like I think there are people who, how many times have people looked through, like in the old days, you look through a newspaper or whatever, right? Or you look through the computer catalog when we were kids. That's just I have literally no a idea what of either of those things are, Ian. Like, what is a Jeff computer catalog? A catalog where you buy the parts of a computer out of. You never looked through <laughs> oh, one of those old on. catalogs and like no. that's all advertising, right? But you enjoyed looking through it. Or a mag a fashion mm. magazine, and you're looking through it to like you're literally there for the ads, right? You're there to see what Louis Vuitton has put out, right? Like you are you want to be marketed to. So I think that there is I think that's people true. do want to be marketed to. Um, okay, but not everybody okay. all the time. But hold on, that's where it comes back to the idea of like, is this the water cooler, or are we all numb to the fact that we're we're friends, but we're really just kind of trying to sell our, our junk to each right. other, right? Like, and maybe we yeah. we're, we're all numb, and we just accept like it doesn't affect me. It's in the same way, like I said with Instagram, when I see a selfie, I'm not, I don't think, oh, you're being vapid. I just think, oh, that's the, that's the culture, that's how it works. Everyone does it, and I like that. You know, there's a there's a funny thing that. Right. Aaron, you you have definitely, I guarantee you, have learned with YouTube. Everyone learns it. Um, if your face is in the thumbnail, the likelihood people click on the thumbnail on YouTube goes up like significantly. Yep. Like so, at that point, it's like it's not like oh, should, am I being uh, narcissistic or anything like that? It's like no, people will click on this video if your face is on it. Period, and yes. you don't need to overthinking. And so now everyone is numb to the fact that we're all putting our faces on every single thumbnail we create. Because that's just the way that way it's the way it works and nobody's offended by it, you know? And this is a great this is a great example of what is like what is okay on the platform, what does the platform require, and what is Aaron comfortable with? Because I refuse to do the pretend shocked face where my mouth is open and I'm like, I can't believe that, you know, this thing that didn't happen happened. Like personally, I refuse uh. to do that. And so I'm willing to say like I know that the click-through rate will be higher if I put my face on it. How can I do that in a way that aligns with who I am as a person? Mm. And instead of like writing off wholesale, I'm not going to do this because, because you know, the platform wants it. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to do that. But I do have, I do have boundaries and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie in a thumbnail. And so I feel like that's a nice, that's a nice corollary that you could bring back to Twitter as well. Yeah. It's funny how things change. Go ahead, Ian. I was just going to say this make this as we've been talking about this I've had a I'm wondering if the premise of the original question is not even correct the idea that you would never Ooh. do this in real life because oh, like you. first principles because yeah first principles because I was thinking about it, like think about again I'm going to go old man here <laughs> the newspaper when you're on your okay? rotary phone and you're the going newspaper. around the horn yes exactly <laughs> I use a rotary phone um <laughs> the the newspaper right was twitter in the day if you were mentioned in the newspaper, you would cut that out or you would buy that newspaper and you would show people that you were in, you scored a goal, oh, you hit a, a home point. run, 
right? Yep. How many businesses yep. do you remember going to where like the there was a review the, of yep. the restaurant? They cut out the review. It's in a frame. It's out mm-hmm. on the front window of that restaurant as like, here's our validation that someone important in this community thought that our hamburgers were the best, right? So obviously Twitter allows a scale and Pretty a reach good. that's impossible for your local burger joint. But I yeah. think the premise is that's is very similar good. maybe have to look up what a newspaper is but that's a pretty good example <laughs> yeah. well, I'll Aaron, how, old you? Okay, <laughs> how old are you Aaron? oh come 34. on dude yeah. you're only <laughs> how old are you you're um, like 37 I, jeff 38 i'm 38 i'll be 39 yeah. in a few months so yeah. um i think i think you're right ian but it goes back to business versus personal right, so for example what if i invited yeah. you over to my house and you came into my house and you saw that i have this wall and on the wall, <laughs> I took screenshots of every time somebody said something nice about myself Man, and I put I it go on to your my house. wall. You'd be like, <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. All right. That's a little weird. I, 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 object, weird, but... I object to the analogy because it's purely personal. <laughs> and I think right. we, have, we just have to say that Twitter is, is personal plus business. There's just no way that it's not. There's no way that Twitter is purely personal. You've got 80,000 followers. Like you are a, you are a brand on Twitter. Personal is like hanging out in Telegram with six people or yeah. in a you know a little slack with 50 people or whatever. That is personal. And that would be weird if every time someone tweeted something nice, you took it to, you know, Taylor and Adam and you're like, hey, guys, check this out. It'd be like, <laughs> bro, that's not the forum for this. Don't do that here. It's, <laughs> well, it would just yeah. be so weird. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe Telegram has become the water cooler. Like nobody's selling each other crap on Telegram. Twitter. Right, right. Is different. So maybe maybe the key is just accept Twitter has become its own thing, especially in the programming community. And if you just want water cooler chat, then Telegram is where it's at. And it it may not it may not even be Twitter versus Telegram. It may be a function of where you are on Twitter. Like if you had if you had 400 followers and they were all your friends, it would be more of a hang space. Mm. You just you just don't you don't have that. And so. I think you may be viewing it. You may be viewing it from a lens that other people aren't. Well, there's also, yeah, I think so. Because there's the idea of like, we are out there. There is this idea of ascribing what we do to everyone. But the reality is something Mm -hmm. like 97% of people on Twitter never tweet ever. Like they only Mm -hmm. read, right? So we are already in this ultra minority of people who put themselves out there for some goal. Right, whether it's just personal gratification, whether it's business, um, but we are out there in a way that ninety-seven percent of the other Twitter users are not out there. And so, you know, what are they there for? Right, they're not there for their businesses. They're not there to. to maybe some of them would like to be, and that's kind of what we even talk about on the show quite a bit. And Aaron talks about a lot is like being comfortable with putting yourself out there and the the benefits there are to that, but. Yeah, but most the vast majority are not doing that. They're just they're reading. So what are they trying to get out of it? They're following you, whatever. Jeffrey probably has a hundred thousand followers or whatever you have, right? Like the vast majority of them never tweet anything at you, never tweet to anyone. So they're you know like there following people? you. It's like a hundred. Right. People. It's like the I think about people. this all the time. <laughs> I have eighty thousand followers. I think like seventy nine thousand of them are inactive because it's right. like uh, it's like a hundred. Are they? Or are they just reading? A lot of them are active for no people clue. who've been on there a long time. A big chunk are definitely dead, right? But like, yeah. you know, not necessarily physically dead, but they're not, they're dead accounts. But, but still, my, you must my have instincts, at least 20,000 active accounts of the 80, there has to be. 
It doesn't 10, feel like that. I'm telling you, yeah. like if you had, because if you told me, tweets. hey, you have, could be, maybe you're right. But if you had told yeah. me, hey, you have 80,000 followers, what is it like when you tweet? It's, it's right. nothing it like I would expect. Right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's the same, same 50 people right. that are replying. People. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe you're right, Ian. It's, everyone else is, is reading and scrolling. Like I'm on really, Instagram stuff... and it's read only for me on Instagram. I don't post anything, but mm. I'm on it every day. Right. There you go. You're that so person. Maybe that's You're the other works. side of it there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all these stats I mean, came out when Elon bought Twitter, all this stuff came out and it was like, it's something like 90 something percent of people like literally never tweet. Now how, how, but, and, and, you know, who 97 percent of the people who log in, you know, whatever their scale was once mm-hmm. a month or whatever their scale was, it was some scale like that. 90 something percent of those people never tweet, even though they log in and are presumably active, obviously some mm. bots and whatever, but like, yeah, it's a lot. A large percentage of people are just reading. Well, I, and, and I, I think wonder it'd that be interesting. They're there for the ads. They're there for the ads. <laughs> they're for the ads. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, like to scale it. Scale it. Scale it up one level. Like, who do we follow that we don't interact with that we really enjoy following? Right. Like, one for me is is DHH. I don't ever respond to DHH. I don't yeah. ever like his tweets. I don't ever retweet him. I'm just there following, and I like I like to see when he tweets and when he talks about real to the ground. And, Aaron, are you aware that your co-host is not a big fan of DHH? Oh, I oh, believe you me. Has there been yeah. an episode on this? <laughs> there, there has, yeah, there has been episode, one. When he, but... when he wrote the manifesto recently, oh, he yeah. made fun of him pretty hard. But yeah, it's like, yeah, that that's one where it's so like, bad. I'm, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could go off on that tangent. Like literally every single thing he said about B2B software was wrong in that thing. It was unbelievable. Like he tried to make it Jeffrey, all Jeffrey, I was trying to blow past it and you put a pin <laughs> in it. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Look, I'll say if nothing else, if we can I just should have completely, picked somebody else. If we can completely redirect, it has been interesting to watch DHH change over the last 10 years. I'll say it that. Has. Like, yeah. He has well, completely pick, morphed. Okay. Let's pick I'll somebody you... less uh, controversial. So like oh, Elon Musk, for example. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there, right, there are do? people, no, right? We got to get no, the no. DHH take. We got Jeffrey's no, no, about no, to get no, 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 take. No, no, don't, no. don't interrupt. Don't interrupt. I got to hear this. All right, Jeffrey, hit us with your DHH take. I don't have it. I, I'm sorry, Ian. We were we were kind of bonding, but I kind of like it. I, can't <laughs> I, I, I can't don't even hate it, man. See, I've been, I've been misrepresented <laughs> yes, to some degree. Yes. It's not even you that I hate yourself. DHH you as a person. Yourself. I just think DHH gives tr- tons of horrible <laughs> advice. That is terrible advice no. for so many people. And like like oh, his recent stick of like take all your stuff off the cloud and go buy a bunch of servers. Horrible advice for nearly everyone, so? right? But yes, of mm. course, it's terrible advice. Yeah. yeah, that has been their big I, thing lately. I, if you if you haven't run a real server and you try to go run a real server, it's not fun. Like we were all very excited to get off of running real servers. I was very excited. Everybody who ever did it is like, great, we're done with real servers. All these huge businesses are getting rid of the real servers. Obviously, they have infinite money. So yes, if you have infinite money and you can hire five people to take care of the real servers, great, do that. I'm all for it. Okay, actually- certainly better but in this lines up nicely okay so when when dhh posts things like that this is this is a great example is this dhh as a person just talking about what he what he thinks or are all of these things marketing funnels for businesses that he's working on you know like whenever he does something inflammatory it's like are you being inflammatory here or are you promoting hey.com which is h is the king of the inflammatory knows what he's doing Oh, yeah. come he on. He wrote a yes. chapter in his book pl- about it. Yes. It is, he it is, is totally book, all about the But here's here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. He truly believes it. Like 
you hear I, I get I get frustrated with I get frustrated with like primarily on the JavaScript side, the content creators that manufacture drama out of nowhere just for clicks. Like mm. DHH is actually pulling all their stuff off the cloud. He truly believes it. Whether whether he then takes a true belief and and packages it up well such that it serves as marketing, I think is an interesting question. But there's no denying that it's a true belief. I mean, he truly thinks Rails is the best way to build applications because he's been on that train for 20 years. And like, yeah, mm. he's a little inflammatory. He's a little like, he's good at marketing and he loves to pick a fight for the sake of clicks. But I think it's a firmly, like, I think it's a closely held belief. So what do you think? Like when they, when they famously or notoriously fired, what percentage of their company was it? Or they didn't fire. Uh-oh. Like ha- was they it didn't half fire of anybody. Yeah. 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 They, let, well, they right, fired right. They one guy fire. and the rest, they let leave if they wanted to leave or whatever. Okay. So, like so what I wonder people. about that, I find that story so interesting. Did they know that was going to happen? That's what I Which part? like. The fact that half the company was going to say, hell no, we're leaving. But like, am I correct that the original See, version of that story was they were like, hey, in the company group chat, we're not doing any politics. And then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then they said, if you want to leave the company, we'll give you this nice severance pay or whatever. And then half the company left. Did he know that was going to happen? Is what I'm curious. No, about. I think that was a, an example of one of the few times where they weren't controlling the narrative, where like it was outside of their control, and that they reacted mm. sort of poorly to the narrative being outside of their control, and then they kind of doubled down on some things that maybe they shouldn't have doubled down on if they were in a situation where they controlled it. I think they would have acted differently. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they knew. Yeah, I think they knew. I think they knew people were going to leave at that point, but. The lead up to what happened, I don't think was something they controlled. And I don't think they were like, let's figure out a way to get rid of half the company. I think it was more organic than that. I think it was more organic than that. And I think they they found themselves in a position with their company that they didn't want to be in. And then they changed the rules on the employees and said, we're changing the rules. Sorry about that. If you want to leave, we'll do our best to like give you a bunch of money. So, you know, they had conversations about this. Like, all right, how many people can we? Yeah, and I think more. Leave, I think more right. left. I would guess that more left than they expected. That would be my guess. Yeah, because that's a yeah. that's a big blow at a small company, and there's no way they thought this is going to be half. Yeah, but I think I think he would say he was vindicated. Maybe I don't know. Either way, I, I think, I, I think that is that. such a great case study, just to see yeah. how mm-hmm. something plays out. Like that was even being covered it's on Coinbase. Like Coinbase MSNBC did the same thing. Fox News. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, Coinbase. Yeah, that's why I wonder if he knew because he had Coinbase as an example. Yeah, because they did something similar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, think that you, I follow well, that him was on a Twitter. More, a more complicated <laughs> scenario, though, than that, because that all that stuff happened after, like, there was a bad employee that people wanted fired because he was doing Correct. bad things, and then there was friction there, and then the like when no politics stuff kind of came after that. So I think it's sort of it's a little more complicated than just Coinbase was different. Coinbase was just like. We're just going to not have politics at work. We're not a like mission-driven company. But that was yeah. the mm. impetus, was the CEO's decision to do that. This yeah. was a little bit different, where there was an incident, and then following the incident, it's like, hey, okay, now that didn't go the way we liked it. We're just done with politics at work. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Coinbase as an example for them already. but uh, So I do I think it's a little different scenario, but... Yeah, I, think yeah we, I don't think we should go all the way down that road necessarily. But uh, what do you mean all the way down that road? We we just went all the way down. We're the road. done. We're coming <laughs> back. We're circling. We're back. here. We're back. We got to back up, man. 
<laughs> anyway, I follow oh, him on man. Twitter and I don't interact with him. And so maybe people do that yeah. to you too, Jeffrey. Whew, that was the point. Ah, glad we got there. Oh, there I'm sorry. Go. I, I ruined that. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's go. catnip. That's catnip for Ian. The fans are going to love it. I do love watching what Ian becomes obsessed with. Like, I don't know you that well, Ian, but I see on right. Twitter, like, okay, he, he is obsessed with this right now. So wh- yeah. whatever is currently going on at the moment, I can tell by the, like the frequency of tweets of similar yeah. subjects. I can see, all right, this is what he's thinking about. Well, this is, yeah. so so this is a very interesting thing. Kind of, I think it gets back to what I said before. The difference between like me and you guys a little bit here is that like, I'm, I could treat Twitter a little differently because I, my business is not nearly as tied to Twitter as I think you guys probably are. I don't know if that's true of Jeffrey as much as Aaron, but um you know, like I get no business from Twitter. Like nobody's buying right. anything from Twitter. Uh, at least in terms of help spot. In terms of Lara jobs, it's probably a little bit different, but still Lara online a little bit somewhat different. a minority. Uh, you know, a vast vast minority compared to like the other avenues people buying the things I sell. And is so, that because you focus on B two B heavily? I think like that why is a large why part aren't of you it, promoting right? more on Twitter? Right. I, yeah. Well, so this is part of it. I, as I want to do better about promoting more on Twitter and other places, part of like this podcast is like, hey, let me okay. actually promote some of the stuff I'm doing here. And like, there's an ad Don't that runs tell in the front everyone of this, that jobs, this right? is marketing, so, Ian. So I've never really approached Twitter I'm that glad way. We all agree, um, <laughs> but I do think it is partially the B two B aspect because there is this layer of abstraction with B two B. Like, this is why you can charge somebody B two B ten thousand dollars, and you can't charge ten thousand dollars for a single user of Laracast, even though it's probably delivering $10,000 of value to that person or to screencasting.com, right? It's because it's not the person's money. Uh, it's also why they feel free sending a bunch of emails, right? It's like, it's not, there's not a personal relationship between the marketing yeah. woman and there's the a corporate customers. Veil. There is an indirection there. Um, and so, yeah, so in B2B, like people don't buy HelpSpot off the cuff. Like there's like, they're, evaluating six different solutions and there's a committee and you know the ceo has to approve it and like it's like this whole thing not that we have no customers like that we do have some smaller customers where it's the owner and they come in and they buy it and that's fine but you know okay the vast majority are not that and so yeah it's less it's less tied to that and i would okay. have to do one other thing that's important about this is i would have to do stuff i don't want to do uh which mm. is if i wanted to be in the like social media of customer support game that's a whole world that I'm not interested in. I just don't have any interest yeah. in participating in it. I don't want to do the thought leadership of how customer service agents should think and act and all those things. And so I've just decided, eh, I like the developer world. My Twitter is going to be more developer sphere. And I'm abandoning that, even though maybe I could become some figurehead leader and make a few more bucks if I did that. It's like, I, I don't want to do that. So Because you feel that. shame, Ian? Shame no, because I don't have interest it? in doing it. I, that's not a shame one, I don't think. Okay. Uh, oh, I, maybe I would feel shame if I was doing it. That's interesting. Like if I force myself to do it and I don't want to be doing it, yeah, then I would feel potentially shameful about that. But yeah. I don't want to do it. And so I just choose not to do it in, in my case. Ian, if I can further um, derail this conversation, yeah, should I be focusing I on B2B more for Lyricus? Oh. I'm sure you should be, I would think. I mean, I have team I you, accounts. You have some stuff up there, right? You have some team But accounts. should I be doing more? Like, would that be, if I wanted to go to the next level, yeah. is that where I go? I almost feel think? like that's where you would have to go for like the next level because you have such a like saturation in the end developer that you can reach over Twitter sphere, yes. I would think. Um, that mm. That's like fresh ground is like, hey, because this is actually a thing I want to do with Laravel jobs more. We're actually working on trying to do some stuff. There's this whole world of Laravel that's like 
Disney, like Disney posts 20 jobs at a time on vice.com or whatever for Laravel jobs. And they don't post on Laravel jobs because there's just some corporate cog in the wheel somewhere that's like hire 20 Laravel devs and the HR person goes. And hires 20, right. This yep. is who we use. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's a tech job. It goes on dice.com, whatever. Fine. And there's nobody in that uh-huh. loop who can change that. So like, how do we reach into those companies and be like, hey, you know, we have an actual official job board thing that you should check out. And the same, I think, would be true of Laracast. Like, hey, there's a hundred Laravel devs somewhere in Disney churning away, right? So they're not on Twitter, I don't think. Who knows where they are, what they're doing? Um, but hey, uh-huh. you could sell them a Laracast subscription to Disney, for example. Um, that would you could charge a lot more money for than individual devs will pay, and you know, get you a hundred people using it who are on the team uh, at Disney or whatever. So, well, yeah. Actually, on that so. note, here's here's one thing. This shows you how ignorant i am i'm I'm seeing if um anyone at disney we do have two two people from disney signed oh, up for the aircast i do wonder go. like what are what are the rules around a company signs up for your for your subscription site can you promote them that's something i have not done like on 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 the landing right. page such and such company microsoft blah 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 they yeah. use this product I'm a yes. i don't even Aaron's know what the like rules a no. are. I'm, I'm a yes uh, i'm a hard yes I'm, I'm, on that I, i'm a hard head shake no hard what yes. is that conscientious objector or that's that uh, that is uh and i i say this as a ruthless capitalist that's ethically (laughs) murky to me if you were to if you were to if you were to pull up table plus and look for good domains in your database and one of them is disney and then you you throw you throw (laughs) disney on the homepage, i feel icky about that no what if you ask never think about it is, if you ask that, first, great. Do yeah. it. Make the make the logo as big as you can. Yeah. I I disagree. Uh here's why. Interesting. First, it should absolutely be in your terms. It's in our terms of service. If you want to use oh, okay. HubSpot, loophole. You, you give well, the right to yeah. use your logo. You have a way out. If you don't want us to use your logo, there is a process. You can just basically just let us know and we of course won't use it. I mean, I would just do that anyway, but it's official in the terms. Like you can request us not to do this and we won't. We've literally had like two people ever do that. I think it's totally fair game. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. And the problem is you could ask, but they're not even the right people to ask. If you they're, email they the person can't at speak Disney, on behalf of how Disney, are they going to yeah. get to the right person? It's like impossible. They gonna, they're never going to get to sign point. terms. They can't sign terms on behalf they of can. Disney. They can. They have if, approval to sign terms. No, nah, it sounds like I mean, they should have run it by their lawyers, like... maybe. If that's a thing. There's also different levels, right? Like, I'll give a story because it's old. The NFL used HelpSpot for quite some time. The oh, NFL read the terms and the NFL was like, no, 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 no. You can't use our logo because we're the NFL and we control our brand extremely carefully. Right. And so we said, fine. Then at one point they wanted to do some custom thing. Whatever. But, um, but yeah, so I think that that's fine. I mean, I think that's it's pretty totally cool. Fine. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was very cool. That's, that's a big one. Yeah. That's like a big that. one. Here, here, big names. Here's what you should do. You have here's... to utilize these big names again. Again, if you go out of business, that's bad for the people at Disney who use Laracast, right? Like, okay, so here's here's an idea. The logo is not the question. Them. Okay, go on, Jeffrey. I have yeah. potential. Yeah. I have technical competitors of Laracast that have signed up for Laracast. What if I put mm. their names on my homepage? That would be funny as a power move. <laughs> that I is like that. that is a power move that I would never. I, do. Feel, I think that's probably I, not going to. You would feel bad about that first of all, but also second yeah. shame. See, it um, all goes back to shame. What is yeah, what is ethical? Right. That's that might be shame, too yeah. far. Here, here's the real answer about Disney. The logo's not gonna. I don't. I don't care about the logo. What you need to do is email these at Disney.com Laracast right. users and ask if you can get in touch with their manager because you would Agreed. love to offer them a discount for their fifty person team. Definitely do that because mm. that's the easy. That's, that's, that's one of the do. 
that's one of the problems with the Lara jobs angle we're trying to take with us is like obviously if they've used Lara jobs we know their contact but like we have a lot of these companies that just haven't used it and it's like yeah how do you find the right person inside disney to like because they would probably love yes. to post on Lara jobs they would be like yes this makes sense i want to hire laravel developers this yes. is the main place to do it I would love to post on there. I don't even either know it exists or I haven't been motivated enough to go through the red tape required. So it's like, how can we help them get to that point? Um, so yeah, if you have like active subscribers at these big companies who you could approach and be like, hey, because it's also good for them. They're paying mm, for yes. it out of their own pocket right now, exactly. right? Or through some budget of their own or they're or running whatever. an expense report that sucks. Right. And, it's like, yeah. hey, just like we could escalate this up. Your whole team can be using it. You find it valuable. They're going to find it valuable. You don't have to pay for it anymore if you happen to be land and expand, baby. You know, it's always hard. It it ends up being an issue of just time. It's like, oh, we should probably, I don't have time for that anymore, but maybe we could hire somebody for that. But what is the job description for that specific role? And will I have enough work for them to, like, like, this is all the junk you end up thinking. And then I end up just going to like, open AI and saying like, hey, I run, I bet everyone does this at some point. I'm like, hey, I run a business called Laracast.com. Here's what we're currently doing. What are your recommendations so for how we can, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I guarantee every small business owner has yeah. gone through the open AI. Tell me what I'm not doing. Tell me what to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tell me what to do. Cause I'm not, I'm not sure w- what the next step would be, you know? Yeah. Well, that one, that one feels so discreet to me that you could hire a competent VA and give them a discreet task. To do, yeah. I don't to even manage, know what a VA is. What's a VA? I know uh, everybody always says the VAs. We're going to try experimenting with some kind of for this large job stuff, but I'm like, I don't even know what it is. What the hell's a VA? What do they do? Like, so, <laughs> so VA for those listening, VA stands for virtual assistant, but it's basically oh. somebody. You know, historically, I think it's been somebody overseas, but it can just be somebody remote um, that does that does more of the admin tasks, whether that's bookkeeping, calendar, booking travel, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, So it's just kind of like an executive assistant, but virtual. So at the place where I used to work, we hired, it was a property tax company. We hired through a service called Support Shepherd, which is like a, it's like an agency. No, that's not right. Uh, Yeah, it's an agency where it would find VAs in the Philippines and do all the vetting and the early first round interviews and then give you candidates. And we probably hired 20 or 30 people through that agency. And it's like full-time placement. So they ended up working for us full-time. And it was like, it was amazing. They We hired them for customer support. And so they would like actually answer the phones and talk to our customers. And it was wonderful. Um, they still, you know, most of them still work there. But I think, I think my like, my dream state is to get some stay-at-home parent who used to work some like consulting job. And then, you know, the family had kids and one of the parents was like, I want to stay at home. And it's like, you're one of the smartest people that I know. And you're not working right now. Can you just run my life? Like, can you be the project manager of my life? And I think, I think that is totally possible. Um, You just have to find, like, you just have to find the right person who is highly organized and, you can trust which is of course i think that's the hardest part though like ian you (laughs) run layer jobs do you do you have trouble finding good people at help spot yeah i mean we end up just doing it internal and then for help spot like uh yeah so i mean this is the eternal when you are a bootstrapper like we all are this is the biggest downside is every bootstrapper has the same issue which is they only want to hire people they know and trust Mm -hmm. already which is a a very small pool of people um and so that's very limiting 
because it's, again, it's very tied to you and your, it's like, this is a very apt conversation for what we've been talking about. Cause it's like, it's tied to you and you, who you are. Your business is one with you in large extent, very different from like, yes, the manager at target was like, I'm going to go out and hire 20 people and whatever. Let's just turn through them. We'll fire the bad ones. We don't even care. Right. If after two weeks, this person's bad, I'm going to fire them and literally never think about them ever again. Yeah. Whereas like, if we have to fire somebody, we're going to be like, Oh, I got to fire somebody. I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, they quit oh some other gosh. job it, and now I have to fire them and like yep. get the whole thing. So it's I'm going to delay. Yeah. And this person's going to be with me for months, even though I don't want to, because I don't want to fire them. <laughs> like, you know, so that's the part that's not ideal, um, which is a, a total a negative. It hinders our businesses greatly. But, um, but yeah, I fall into that camp for sure. Um, but with your stuff, Jeffrey, I feel like you don't even need somebody for this. You should just go through your database and find the biggest 20 active companies that are like big name companies with probably a lot of developers. And you should personally do it. And then you'll know how to do it and see if it works. And if it does, then it becomes easier to like try to find. You would know what kind of person you need. Like, is it the easiest yeah, sale in the world and you can it? have a That's VA? The question. Is, it a, is it hard and need somebody with a little more who's going to be more expensive and talented? Yeah, I don't know if he'll actually do it at all, right? <laughs> There's all the things yeah, we should I think be doing. I'm taking notes right now. You, the limiting I think reagent that one for is you. Not it's like, like you have the lead there, though. It's not even like, oh, I got to go out and like cold email this people who I don't, you know, I don't even know if I'm emailing the right person and the whole thing. Like you have a relationship already with the person that you can go in there and contact. Like that is, that's the gold standard right there. So yes, if, it is. if, if you can emotionally assent to, doing that you should just do it yourself if the if the question is like does jeffrey have uh does jeffrey have time to do it i think you could do the first 10 you could right, find you the could time the first to 10. do it yeah if if the question is more like i feel i feel icky or shameful like right, i can't sit down to actually write this email i feel like i hire somebody to do it hire yeah, somebody it comes, to do it and yeah that's where it comes back to the idea of like oh shut up you know like just get out of your head you don't need to feel right. icky. This is what every single right. business does. Stop, stop. Th- like it, yeah. it's, it's irrelevant to the an conversation. Answer. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, I think, and you I know think what that's you're fair. selling. You're not selling something. Uh, Snake oil. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, even like a, a bag and you feel bad or whatever. It's not prime. You're providing tremendous, humongous value to people's careers and jobs, right? Like you getting more people to use it is super good for them. Right. So, uh, I think you can feel really good about that. Right. And it's just about yeah, getting in that mindset where it's not icky to expose people to it. It's mm. good for them and for you to expose them to it. Going yeah. back to VAs real quick. There's another agency that I've heard very good things about, uh, that hires military spouses to be VAs because they are traditionally, uh, traveling or, or moving every couple of years. It's, uh, go squared away.com. I think they're, they're not inexpensive. I think it's like 40, dollars an hour or something but it's you know pretty highly vetted and it's people who are like structurally unemployed like they can't get a job because they just moved to france for a year stint at a base or something and so i think you could probably get good people through there and they will like they will continue to rematch you until you find the person that works for you aaron do you worry that it will end up doing the opposite where they're supposed to manage your life but you find it's like oh i need to give them stuff to do like you wake up in the in the morning and you think, oh, I haven't given them anything to do. So the I only did. experience I've had with some something like a VA is when I was at Resolute and I had basically like a right hand person. She wasn't she wasn't like an assistant. She was kind of more of like a manager, operations manager. And 
she made my life so much easier by just taking things off of my plate and helping me figure out what she should be doing. And so I, I think if you can find like a competent assistant, they'll make your life a lot easier. I think if you find, if you find somebody who's not quite as competent, then you're stuck in like the task hamster wheel where it's like, uh, I got to give them this thing in such great detail that I might as well just do it myself. myself. Right. Right. That's what I think about. Yeah. So as always, I guess it's just finding the right people. This is where I've always tended towards hiring full-time people because kind of of that. It's like, I can get a full-time person. I can spend the time to train them. And then they're here. Like they are part of the company. And uh, it just feels more like permanent to me. Whereas like, yeah, the VAs or part-time, you know, it does feel like a riskier in some ways, but then, I'm, then I've been trying to work myself out of that mindset because it's like, no, for some things, I don't have 40 hours a week of stuff yeah. for somebody to do. And it would be great. Like even with the side job stuff, like I could have somebody work on that 15 hours a week to like reaching out to like companies that have either used us in the past or that don't know about us. Um, but I don't necessarily need 40 hours a week of somebody doing that. And it's also then yeah. easier. Like if you don't, if that doesn't work out, it's like, well, you were only contract hourly anyway so now we're gonna part ways or if they're super good then they can become full-time and great um so there's more like flexibility and less sort of commitment there Jeffrey, you're, te- you're, you're, you're telling me there's no stay-at-home parents that like their kids go to school with your kids that you're like that person is super smart their kids are now you know five and seven like my kids and so they're not they're not home all day every day they probably want to make some money maybe 10, 20 hours a week. I know that they used to be a whatever. Yeah. And now they 100%. stay at home. Yeah. Right. Those oh, you people see it all the time everywhere. Like it, I know we're getting into stereotype territory, but it's just kind of true. It's like moms take time off to mm-hmm. raise the baby. And then when it's time to go back to work, often they will choose like, oh, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to stay a mom for a little bit longer, but it's, they still have this time available and they have this skill set that's through the roof. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. I just wonder what I would have them do. Like what can give me an example? What would be the, like the top thing, the first thing you would have them do for you to take something? I would off have them plate? for you or for me? For you, for you, for me personally. Yeah. Um, okay. So there is a project that Ian and I have talked about where I figure out the top five to seven DSLRs that can be used as webcams, mm-hmm. and then I watch ten to twenty YouTube videos on how to set up each one. And from those YouTube videos, I take the parts, only the parts that are relevant for setting up a good webcam setup. Not the like, I want to be a lifestyle vlogger, not I want to take beautiful pictures. I'm going to sit on my butt all day on Zoom and I want to use this camera to do it. What are the four things that I need to know? I need somebody to just do all of that research. Figure out what the cameras are, watch all of the videos, distill it down into the parts that matter and deliver it to me. And then frankly, go to rent... Oh, I forget what the name of it is, but like you can rent uh, cameras, yeah, go there yeah. and rent the camera and tell me when it's going to show up. Like I would, I would do that today. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of working on that. <laughs> but, doing that right <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I think that's something that I would, I would absolutely have them do today. And that's like yeah. a big, that's kind of a meaty project that I don't super care how long it takes. I just want it to be done and done well. Um, and it's not like, I that that I could give that brief to the person and that took me 38 seconds to tell you what the brief is, you know. I like it. Would you ever do it, Ian? VA. Well, 
I don't know. I think there is like, there's also the idea of like a VA in the true sense of like, they are your personal assistant versus just like hiring a VA to do other stuff, which we are exploring now this idea of hiring a VA to do some other stuff. For me, the thing about a VA personally that I would want um, is I want them to be physically here yeah. to some degree because I want them to take away a lot of the BS that's like, go run over and pick up that thing that I don't want to do. Yeah. Go take that go charge return my and Rivian. do that thing. Go charge my Rivian. Like <laughs> whatever. Rivian? Is, yeah, I just got a Rivian. Oh, well, yeah. I need to, we need to talk about Rivians. Yeah. yeah, yeah I would love that. to get one. Well, yeah, it's awesome. Are you sold on the it? Truck. Oh, super sold. It's very good. Highly you got the truck, not the SUV? Yeah. Get the truck. Nice. Get the truck. Nice. The truck is so useful. When you have the kids and the junk and the bikes and the things and whatever, it just goes in the back of the truck. It's so good. Truck is the only yeah. way to live. Do you have any complaints? Garbage. Anything bad? So far, no complaints. It's only been maybe three weeks or something like that. But uh, yeah, so far, it's been perfect. I really like it. I like it even more than I thought I would, I have to say. Uh, it's really okay. good. No okay. problem. I'm going to so have far. to write this Not down because I'm sort of in minivan territory. And now I'm going oh, yeah. to, I could be in Rivian we territory. You can get the SUV. get the Rivian SUV. Uh, but don't, yeah. don't discount the truck. The truck is so useful. A place that calls dirty things. So good. So good. Yeah. House projects. Cool. Yeah. Like but yeah, it. I don't you know. Need I would like somebody you need, you need a college kid. Are, are, where are you? Are you in Buffalo? Yeah, I'm right, I mean, literally, I'm sitting right now across the street from Vassar College. And we have you know, hired You know them. how many good I students want like an hourly thing to just do stuff? I know. You I'm the worst with this stuff. It is like we're busy. We're super busy. And it's like, well, to take the time. It doesn't work out, whatever. Yeah. We also, you know, we did the babysitting. We had tons of babysitters. I don't know if you guys have been through this, but the babysitter thing was is a whole bizarre world with like, like we dropped the kids off at the daycare back in the day. And then you're like practically like hitting on the people who work there because you're like, so what are you doing? Like, do you want to babysit? Like, you what know, are it's you like doing after? Thing. Like, yeah, we're, like, we're just like grabbing anybody we can out of desperation. Like, please come like watch our children. Oh, right? like, no, no, like, no, 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 not like that. No, I want you to babysit. Like <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is just a babysitting gig. Um, so I, know, I think me and my wife are both like semi scarred from that. And we're just like sick of like dealing with like the people who would like the, the helpers because then they disappear and you got to find a new one yeah. and like the whole thing. You need so, a like, guy. Everybody needs a guy. You just need a guy. Like I just need a guy. Our life to not need it, but it would still actually be quite useful. But I don't know. So we're kind of warming know. up to maybe You should get a that, guy. I think you should. I know. I, I, I Aaron, should I feel like someone. are we not for what you need? Are we not there already with AI? That no. you could ask AI to to review these top DSLRs and summarize no. them, rank them, like all of that can be done. Can't do it. No, but I don't think so. Uh, part part of it part of it again is activation energy, right? Part of it is yeah. I know that I would have to go sit down and either learn how to effectively prompt better or just like bang my head against the wall, telling it be like, no, 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 do it better. No, do it better. No, do it differently. And I'm just like, ah, oh, gosh, that feels like I'm now I'm doing the whole thing just faster. And what I want, what I want is I like, I want somebody to hand the packet of information to me that I can then and, review and be like, yeah, this is good. I'm going to do this and then record the thing, you know? And then they hand the packet that you didn't think to ask for. Like that, that's yes. the dream for me is like, oh, I want you to do the thing that that I didn't have time or I didn't think to ask you for, but Correct. you did it anyways. And it turns out that's incredibly difficult to find from my experience. Yes. Yeah. I mean, listen, here's the other thing that's like, it's not um, easy to do what we do. And I think that it's underrated. It's like people are like just hire people to throw in, throw in there and they're going to be 
able to do the stuff you do. And it's really not true because you're, as an entrepreneur, you're a mix of an odd grouping of things. And so this is one of the things where I've had some pretty good success, I think, with hiring developers who are entrepreneurial. Like, that's always a thing mm-hmm. I look for. Like, do they have side gigs? Do they want side gigs? Like, are do they have some experience selling something, anything? Because those are people who are more, like, the developers here often are working with customers directly. Like, go figure out their problem. Like, something that you, other certain other types of developers, right, would not do. They'd be very unhappy in that job where some percentage of the time they are talking to the end customer and clicking through bugs or server issues or weird issues, right? They're like, no, I just want to be in this code, write in classes, don't make me go talk to the other humans, right? So I do think that that some of that is like, that's one angle yeah. I've found to be successful. Like if you finding people who are entrepreneurial inherently makes them a little more flexible, even though they may not always be as good at any one thing. Like I'm not good at anything, but I'm sort of okay at a bunch of different oh, things. No. And that's no, kind of works. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a yes. And classic improv. Mm, yes, I agree. And there are certain things Ian, that you're really good at. And certain things that don't like you don't need to do. And so for me, for example, like I don't need to spend the 20 hours doing all the research. I do need to be the one on camera, apparently. Right. And Mm -hmm. so like for Jeffrey, maybe he doesn't need to be the one sending email to, you know, Bob at Disney dot com. Oh, that's actually the CEO's name. Uh, lower employee <laughs> at Disney. Maybe you're down a notch. Yeah. yeah. Bob at Disney. Hold um, on. Let me write that down. Yeah. Bob at Disney. Now I got a contact. You should do that. Imagine if he was flying. How great would that be? It's entirely like awesome. he, That's the email. <laughs> he is. does. Like, what is the thing in Laracast that Jeffrey prob- probably does need to do is is teach, right? And so. Right. I don't need to edit yes, the video. Right, but exactly. I, right. Yes, yeah. there are things like <laughs> we are unique and really like interesting and good as entrepreneurs, but like half or more of the job is not the part that people want from us. And so I think that's right. the part that you can Agreed, hire totally. out. And getting good yeah. at that of the things you should say no to or the things you should offload because they're not bringing that special something that you have as the person with the whole vision in their head, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, agree. yeah. But to bring it back to Twitter, like, I think about this sometimes. Do you guys ever think about how it seems like the word of the day is is manipulation? Do you ever think about how all of our perception is manipulated by the types of people who use Twitter? If Twitter is your main social network, it's like it takes a specific kind of person to um, want to sign up for a social network. And then of that group, a specific percentage of people sign up for Twitter. And of that group, yeah. a specific percentage of people uh, tweet. And then of that group, tweet regularly enough that you actually see it. And then so you get to the point where it's like my my idea of what people think probably isn't even remotely close to what the world thinks or the country thinks or any of that stuff. But that's where I get all of my information or my views on tech or programming or politics or news or, you know, all of the above. Yes. And that freaks me out a little bit. Even even making the jump over to YouTube has opened my eyes to the entire, not the entire, another set of developers that I had not previously been exposed to. Yeah. And like YouTube is one. I spent, you know, a month on Twitch and realized, oh, this is an entirely different community unto itself. And one that I didn't feel very comfortable in. So I eventually left, but it was like, oh yeah, each thing is a bubble and they don't necessarily overlap, but they are certainly like, 
they're certainly not uh, representative of the population at large. Of the whole, yeah. yeah. What was it's wrong with of... Twitch? Um, in my opinion, there's a very, uh, there's like a very, so there's a culture of like, um, man, how do you say it? It's a very like gamer heavy culture that yeah. is a little, it's fumble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't like, like it. it. Yeah, there is, it's super crass. It's super like uh, insular. It's very, I didn't get any of the jokes. First of all, I didn't get any of the memes. I didn't get any of the references. Um, it's very like edgy and just um, like almost immature gamer, I think is like the easiest, the easiest way to say it. And it's not a, it's not, not a place. It's not a chat that I would want to hang out in. And so I had a hard time like interacting with the chat that was there. Cause it was like, guys, can we like, can we, it's like one, it's, can we not can we not make the same jokes over and over and over like can we do better jokes maybe yes it's probably just like in real life on average you're you're a different age group from most of the people yes. watching and I it's like you just can't you can't connect it doesn't work it, yeah like all it of us have like, a social go ahead go it ahead. felt like a, a almost like a degenerate gamer hang yeah like it's a bunch of it's a bunch of young men playing video games who happen to wander into a programming stream. And it's like, that's just not, I don't, I, I don't really connect with that. Yeah. I wonder if you're going to get hate for that. I'm curious. Oh, for sure. You yeah, so? definitely. You I hate? just I hope think, it doesn't uh, leak out. I hope it doesn't leak out not beyond the pod. Hate. Nah. I would think you'd get nothing the, the but pod, love the on pod social media. Don't clip, is, don't clip this good. one, Dave. Yeah, don't clip that part, Dave. <laughs> but no, I think, I mean, I think Twitch kind of wears that on its sleeve a little bit. Like, it does. Uh, in terms of it's like, we're a little edgier and crasser mm-hmm. to some degree. I think there's been backlash, my understanding, because like the Amazon overlords have tried to clip the wings They've, of some of yeah. that a little bit. They've tried uh, to clean it up. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting about Twitter too, like that we all get our information there. But then part of me, I'm so torn on this because it's like that's not really a bunch different than in the old days. And you had your local newspaper, and that's kind of where you got your information. A lot of places there was one newspaper. Maybe if you live in the city, there's a couple. Yeah. But are you really you subscribe to a couple? You probably only subscribe to one or maybe two. Um, even the speed, like I was just watching The Godfather with my middle kid the other course, night. You're always just watching The Godfather. Yeah. So one that. of the early scenes in The Godfather is they find out no spoilers. Don's been shot. Oh, I'm spoiling a 50 year old movie. Because um, <laughs> they walk past a newsstand and it's the evening edition of the news and they see this news about him being shot. So like, that's like, you know, it's whatever. It happened two hours ago and it's in the newspaper. So it's like almost real time. Like it's not as real time as Twitter, but it's in the ballpark and so i don't know i mean obviously the big difference is that the newspaper was more one direction right like maybe there's an opinion section where you could go write your thing or whatever but there wasn't you don't get everybody's opinion back like we can get on twitter um so from the one hand it's actually not that different but then on the other hand yes that you can then also find every rando's opinion on any random thing and how do you absorb that and deal with that yeah, I, I, a bit I even find Twitter a little bit scary. Like, Ian, I think I saw you right. write something many years ago where I loved it. And, and maybe it wasn't your quote, but it was something oh, like every day on Twitter, somebody is it. And the goal is There's to not be that person or whatever or something <laughs> like sure. that. Yes, yes. I love I that. Sure. That is so that true. Right it's true yes. Yes. It, especially back then there was just a period where it's like oh this guy is getting blasted yeah, you know right. and it is yeah. like the goal is don't be that person every day uh, and you yep. know 
It's a little bit. Do you scary, think it's kind of? I do think that's sort of interesting. As it's a lot of what we're talking about here, we're like, whereas Twitter's formalized into this, like, hey, it's a little more business, it's a little more corporate. Even if corporate is just us as individuals being more refined and slightly careful about what we're doing, I do feel like that's even like changed a little bit like there's not so many of those like every day is the main character because we're blowing you up because of how you use the div weird or something like it's it's a little bit less of that or maybe i've just cut that scene out a little bit i've muted, but, I've muted a lot of those yeah people, but, but it's yeah. like sam was on the other day on the podcast and he was sort of the main character about this like yeah. the sequel inside react there right but yeah. he wasn't like upset about it people weren't even like they were kind of harassing the idea but not like him directly so much like it wasn't so much like this guy's an idiot. It was more about at least like the, the okay. idea is an idiot. I think a little bit more. Let's talk about uh, that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, here, here's a counter. Apparently mm. some guy yesterday tweeted PHP tooling sucks. And I just I, read that five minutes. We all, <laughs> we all <laughs> found it. Right. And now and now he's he's PHP's main character because Taylor has he challenged is. him to a code battle, which <laughs> code off. I would pay fifty dollars to watch <laughs> oh, in prime. We time are gonna make so sure. much money if that happens. We're gonna run the did book. Did Taylor actually book-y. do that? Did he, he tweet did and the yeah. the primogen the primogen said he would he would be the uh he would be the narrator or the the color commentary the and Theo could yeah. be the yeah. And so like the main character thing still very much happens. It, it does. Yeah. It definitely yeah. still. Happens. It does happen. I do. Don't you feel like it's a it's Sam, still, Sam even got that's it good. a little different though. Even that's a little different. He made a very aggressive statement that people in that community countered. Yes. I still think it's different. We used to just find like truly randos for over really stupid stuff. I, I yeah, like I happens. brought chili to my like neighbors was one. Do you right, remember yeah, that woman? Like, What's wrong with that? I don't know, that? but she she got she just got excoriated. She brought chili yeah. to her neighbors, and then everyone said it was like ableist or something. And then there was one that was like, I really enjoy walking in the garden in the morning and drinking my coffee with my husband. And that went like mega viral. And <laughs> like, how lucky about- are you that mm-hmm. you can drink this in the yes, morning while exactly. people are dying? Exactly. Right. Yeah, but again, <laughs> that was, like, that was that- the heyday of like, let's drag people for right. mil- yeah. milk toast takes. Yeah, I think right. that's gone. And yeah, and I that's a good that's example gone. of like, I, I feel like mostly gone. Yeah. Didn't everyone kind of agree? Like, all right, that's ridiculous. But it didn't feel that way Apparently at the not. time. Yeah. But it's like you would talk to your to your buddies in real life and everyone would be like, all right, all right, come on. Yes. Nobody's offended by this. And you know, that's, obviously that's, big things, but not that. That's where the Nobody very online thing comes from. That's where we say like, oh, those people are very online. Like they yeah. need to log off because they're too online. And that like the chili thing was an example of people being too online for sure. There is this whole like human evolution thing that i find quite fascinating where like a thousands of years ago right like the only other humans you knew like you knew your tribe and then you knew like whatever butted up against your tribe the other tribe right mm-hmm. that had their own right. gods or their own deal you hated them they hated you because they were different in whatever way they were different or whatever and then like whatever the world grew and information moves faster and it's like well now we kind of know more like about well there's all these different people with different ideas and whatever right and then but now it's just like you are exposed to everybody and yep. all their ideas and all their so there is like some natural instinct of like the other the the people just across the line for me but then totally there's like lizard brain stuff that's like well all these other people are out there and they're all on the other side of my line from my job, we'll probably whatever that means and, and we're you know, probably hardwired to to right, think it's us so hardwired 
Yeah. Like, but we have no exactly. reason to feel that way anymore, but it's still built in here. It's that it's, yeah, I exactly. got, it's yeah, so I talked about this before, like the whole idea that Laravel is a tribe, you know, right. sort of, it's really yeah. weird. So right. It's, it's yep. a coding framework, but right. it has become <laughs> a group and a community that needs to be protected from invaders right. on Twitter. You know, outside. I'm being hyperbolic, <laughs> but there's a little bit of truth to it. People yeah. like you yeah, and totally, Laravel. Totally true. Yeah. And then you have people yeah. saying like Laravel forever and there's a chant, mm-hmm. there's a battle right. cry. And we're talking about a coding framework, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's people still manifesting around though. and like, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Like, yeah. It, yeah. There is this group. People want these structures, right? Like at yes. some fundamental level, people want a group. People want to that belong they're part to something. of. And they probably want something to be against. I mean, I kind of feel like we're getting a little bit political here, but I kind of feel like Ooh. part of like post cold war, like this is a big part of problem in, in our country is like people hate each other because we used to have the Russians to hate. And it was so nice and simple. Right. Like it was, us we, had a shared, we yeah. all agree. You might be in the South or the North or the East or the West, and you have different parts of your life. You treat differently. And I'm, but at least you're not Russian. You all kinds yeah. of things, but at least you're not Russian. We all are against the Russians and we're on the same yep. page here, people. And we have that in common. And then since there's no shared enemy of that, that at least at that scale, right? Where it's like existential us versus them. They are trying to kill us at any moment. If we open the door one inch, right? At least that was our perception. And we all agreed that we were against them. And now since we don't have that shared group, we don't, to all hate. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, we got to do no it amongst shared, ourselves. There's no shared common good that we yeah. all subscribe to. Like it is crazy. Yeah. We don't agree on anything. That's why it's right. funny now if anyone was like, oh, uh, Americans think that it's like, no, Americans don't agree on yeah. anything. Like you can't pick yeah. anything that Eric, really Americans are in agreement on right now. Right. It's crazy. Like so. Western civilization, culture, uh, capitalism, <laughs> yeah, none of it is agreed on right now. Yeah. 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 And inst- instead, of a, instead of a good war, maybe we just need to like make the Olympics better or make our ah, soccer team better so we can have World Cup and we can all be like, all right. We can pretend that everyone else is bad guys and these not every actually year. fight a war. Yeah, right. Every four years, let's just have, let's just have enough, a good soccer team, and then we can yeah. pretend to, <laughs> to pretend to fight. Yeah, but, but is it sports. me or people don't even care about the Olympics anymore? Oh yeah, no, nobody cares about the Olympics. That was no, a big Olympics deal for me out. when I was young, though. We yeah, watched yeah, the yeah. Olympics over. every day. Yeah. Yeah. nobody cares anymore. No. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, they still care about world cup but they don't care about the olympics yep. world cup's the last bastion of world, world cup international is the last bastion of, sort of yep. competition yeah. agreed and we suck so it only lasts so long right. well i always that's one of the parts that always bothered me is i always thought america has this huge advantage i always liked that we didn't allow professionals in the sports because it's like whatever like putting a professional basketball team out there is ridiculous if they're from america but for it's the like, no, they have to be all yeah for the olympics so it has to be all yeah. college kids it used to be all college kids and then yeah, they you know they switched it and it was like, eh, it's yeah, neither here nor just there, not interested. Who cares about the yeah, Olympics? It kind of makes it like, uh, even though now other countries do compete pretty solidly with us in these different sports, but it definitely, again, I think it's like a cold war vestige too. It's like lost a lot of juice since there's not like, I agree. Big baddies on the other side of it. Yeah. There's no stakes. Of, we're not, we're yeah. not sticking it. We're not sticking right. it to an empire. We're just like, yeah, you know, we're going to win probably basketball and swimming right. somehow. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless world war three yeah. happens. Do you guys think about right. that yeah. at all? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go in deep, guys. Go no, I'm, kid- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but for real. Already- no, I'm kidding. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. Did we did we solve this tweet? Are we are we resolute in our beliefs? Here I think now? we agreed. I'm overthinking it. Is that right? I think so. I think you're overthinking yeah, it. Also, think the bit. last the last point is you have you have a different you have a different luxury. Like I just told you this on Twitter, the scale that Laracast is at, you can just not do it. You oh well, that's not fair though. It. Yeah, but I was thinking that's not fair. Like because I would have subscribed to that if Laracast was one day old. You know. Yeah, like, isn't that true. a little well, like, oh, well, that doesn't apply to you or that doesn't well, apply what, to this. What I mean is you don't have to do it anymore. And I think it's to some level, uh, I to some level, other people do have to do it more. Because, again, mm. he could be doing oh, think about all the awesome stuff Jeffrey's going to create for the rest of the good of our industry with more resources. Like, I feel like that's just oh, I, more I things he can do. So I think he has but like to you it. said and, earlier, he's maybe saturated the Twitter dev space right. and so he doesn't well, you know, have to do people it are, as much people are coming for jeffrey too right i mean there's a lot of people out I there agree. they're coming for laracast right he's not to like be he clear, has no i think you should continue to do it yeah. yeah i think you should continue to retweet stuff right like he's that. not going to go hungry at this point i think if he yeah. stopped doing it no but no some of it i think is a reaction to just there's so much content right now there's and so i, I find it a little overwhelming so maybe it is a defense mechanism a little bit where it's like I just don't, I don't want to see more content shoved in my face. Like, do you guys ever do the thing where it's like you browse Netflix for 45 minutes, you watch nothing, and then you go to bed? You know, it it kind of feels like that with the the educational space, especially. It's just nonstop content. Every single person has a course. Everyone has a product. Everyone is selling to you, including me. And it's like, something's got to give at some point, you know? I don't know if it does. I don't know if it has to give. I really don't. I've thought this is partially because software has gotten so complicated. Like it's so hard to do software. Like a lot of these people want to be building software, but it's so hard to do it. And then it's like, well, I could try the content space. Like that's an easier first step, right? Than yes. like just going right Hello. to building software. <laughs> yeah. So me right, right here. So and I feel much like that's unfortunate easier. to some degree. Like that it's not, you can't, it's very hard to get off the ground with software that every, there's a million people in every space. You know, I think partially it's that this people have been sold at this service, right? With like this whole like heavy JavaScript front end. And well, you need these 38 tools in the stack to build something, which is what I love about Laravel, right? Is like you can just use Laravel and use nothing else in your stack and make a successful mm-hmm. product um, or very little. Or you can sprinkle in Livewire or whatever, but you don't necessarily have to go with a full modern quote unquote of, you know, 72 layers to serve HTML. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It does seem like for sure that there's tons of people trying to do it. Um, and there's only so much attention, even with so much more sort of surface area of attention. Ultimately, there's only so much that people have. And guys, when I was getting into it, when I was first learning, uh, I started with .NET and I was trying to watch video tutorials about .NET and there was like one place on the internet <laughs> I could go to. And it was on their website. It was this guy named Joe Stagner. And he would record these little eight minute videos that were like, I don't know, 800 by 600 resolution, mm-hmm. really crappy audio quality. Right. And that was it. awesome. Like there was nothing else you could yeah. do. And you compare it to now when it's like some of the best content in the world is being given away for free. This blows my mm-hmm. mind. Like right. I'm really into to guitar. The best guitarists in the world are teaching you for free on YouTube. It blows my mind. <laughs> like how, how yep. nuts that is. And yet you can still have a paid course that does really well too. And that's where it gets very interesting where it's like often people will buy your course, not because they need the course, but it's almost like, oh, I've gotten a lot from you for free. Yep. 
And now I'm going to pay you you back, even though like the number of people I bet who buy courses and never watch them is through the roof. Mm -hmm. Because half the time it's like, it's either- That's me. (laughs) Me too. It's it's either like um, education addiction. You know, it's like, oh, I want to learn, but I don't have time, but I want to buy this. But then a big component, I think, is just people wanting to support you. Which is which is a crazy like we talk so much on the internet about how uh, mean spirited people are, but then there's the mm-hmm. flip side where some of the nicest things that have ever been said to me were not said by my family; they were said by strangers right. on the internet, which is really cool. So so it's it's kind of a, a double edged sword, I guess. What do you, what do you think about this? I don't know if you're up on like Netflix and all that stuff, Jeffrey. I kind of think of you know Laracast is our like little world version of Netflix and like yeah. Netflix and Disney Plus and these things that are going like they're kind of coming full circle with like all right, it's paid content, paid content, and now they're really trying to push people into the free or cheaper tiers so that they can run ads, so they can have enough content to run ads at scale. Yeah. Um, basically yeah, reinventing really cable television. Uh, I don't know. Isn't do you know think about that stuff and how it impacts you? And yeah, I, I'm I'm always worried about like watering down the um. Again, I hate to say the word, but the brand. I hate. I don't want to water yeah. down the brand. I I think about that with YouTube as well, where it's like, should I be? Should we do anything on YouTube? And I right. think the answer is probably yes. But then I wonder if people see like, oh, there's Laracast stuff on YouTube. Why do I need to go over to the website? Yeah. And the answer is yeah. like, well, there's way more, but. Right. Are you are you accomplishing the opposite? You think you're promoting on YouTube, yeah. um, you being me. You think you're promoting on YouTube, but you're actually losing potential um, visitors to Laracast. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, other than that, yeah, I've thought about doing different tiers. It's been interesting to watch how Disney Plus has been. Like they've even done things where like they release a show, and then four months later they they remove the show entirely. And I think it's something related right. to this, like they would have to pay licensing fees to keep the yeah, show the, further. And, yeah. and if the show didn't do well enough, like I know, like they released a Willow show, that. like, like, you know, right. the old Willow movie, mm-hmm. they released a TV show based on that. And I think it didn't do very well. And then they just pulled it completely they to don't the point to that you can't watch the show whatever, at all. Yeah. yeah right. But that's really strange <laughs> that there's like that, content yeah. and big shows that are impossible to watch right now. Yep. So, so it's interesting just as an aside to see how they are dealing with things. Cause my understanding is Disney plus is losing money. Right. I don't like, understand how they like lose so much fire. money. These services. It's like, I don't get it either. If you have like kids, you email Bob Disney at Disney plus. and we can find like, out. Aren't there like just so many people who pay for Disney plus. If you just showed us star Wars and old Disney movies, like you could do nothing else. Don't make any content. Like, a lot of people are going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for it. Like, absolutely. <laughs> I have kids. It's like we pay Disney. Right. I don't even, I don't even think about it. I'm yeah. never like, hmm, maybe we should cancel our subscription, right? It's like, no, that is just right. what we have, you know? Yeah. And they're still losing crazy amounts of money. Yeah, I don't know. That should be paying us yeah. some of this money. That's what we're saying here. Yeah. Sprinkle it around a little. We're not getting about, any of the 10 right. billion they lose. All right, last thing. Aaron, um, tell me. Do you think about how to promote screencasting.com? Like, do you have um, a pipeline of like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to release more content, hmm. we're going to have a new yeah. chapter? Like, is that something you think about? Yeah, that's something I think about a lot. Um, and something that right now is is not uh, is not moving quickly enough on my side. Yeah, I think about that. I think about that a lot because I think it is evergreen. And I think this could be a good durable asset for me. Um, and so the plan the plan right now is to create a few more videos. There have been some questions and I think some good extra content that I can do basically just as an excuse to send email and talk about it um some more Mm -hmm. but then i think ongoing 
there there are a few like um I'm always looking for like veins of content to mind to to mine like um like what is the thing I can tap into and just get content over and over and over out of it mm. one is um cool I'm going to do yeah so I'm I'm and I'm I do that at planet scale too I'm always like where can I just find more things to like feed me content ideas it's very tough as you know um so one that I think I'm going to do is these screencaster spotlights where I, you know, just reach out to people. Mateus has already recorded one for me where it's like, hey, show me your setup because I've showed everyone my setup, but I am but one man. Right. So show me your setup. Show me your camera, your tools that you love, that kind of I've thing. Got, I have a setup too, Aaron. I know we're saving you because I can't reach out to Bob at Disney with my first email, you know, so um, <laughs> yeah, I get the process so I'm gonna have, right. Yeah, I'm going to have some of those so that people can see other setups. And, you know, for example, like Mateus will hopefully get a boost on his YouTube subscriber. So it's hopefully yeah. like a mutually beneficial, like I'm promoting you to this audience and this audience has something, you know. Do you ha- like if I went to screencasting.com and I mm-hmm. wasn't ready to pay, is mm-hmm. there a way for me to, to sign up and get anything for free? Or there, like there are first there, couple videos. Yeah, it's you go on a newsletter. You know. Graduated. You can watch several for free, and then you can watch several if you give me your email. And so it's like free taste, and then um, you can unlock it with your email, and then after that, it's just totally locked. And so that is the that's like the very very you know off the street top of funnel. And I'm hoping to build continue to build out. The free stuff, including screencaster spotlights, including um, these camera, not even reviews, but like setup guides Mm -hmm. um, that we talked about earlier and put some of that content on YouTube as well, because I think the distribution you're asking about Laracast, I think the distribution potential of YouTube is just fundamentally unmatched by anything else. And I just can't. Like Twitter is adorable compared to YouTube. Like YouTube can decide your video is good and it's like, here's 250,000 views. Like I just can't get that on Twitter. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the long-term vision is like, I have a pipeline of these screencaster spotlights. I'm doing camera gear kind of stuff reviews with the help of a future VA that I will at one point have. Um, And then just kind of recording one or two videos as people or as i discover new tools techniques or as people ask questions Mm, very cool yeah it's cool it it seems like just in general though the course is is pretty evergreen like i I have to record courses that it's like it just it has an expiration date i know know, like like we were talking about laravel (laughs) disheartening (laughs) so disheartening it's like 100 hours worth of work and it literally has an expiration date of about 18 Mm -hmm. months from now you know and that's just one of the i mean and you have to go in and mark them in Laracasts as out of date, which has got to be just like, ugh, oh yeah, I have I have an archived button because it's literally like archive basically on Laracast means hide these fifty videos from search and from Google Brutal. and from the main website. And it's like, oh, I spent a hundred hours recording mm-hmm. those videos, and but you have to at some point. Yeah. So yeah, I wish I had more content where it's like this can last for ten years, and you can do that. You can definitely do that. You can, but more like uh tool-based stuff you can't like yeah and just... people want from you they want they want the new stuff from you yeah like it would be oh, great if you had software fundamentals and stuff like that but they just want to know how do i use folio how do i use volt and it's like well i have to record that right now 
Yeah, and it, and it's tough because you have to be super sensitive to uh, newcomers and the friction that mm-hmm. might be there. So even though it's like we have Laravel 8 from scratch, but there's Laravel 10, but it's like mm-hmm. it's 98% the same, but that 2% mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, wait, the routes right. file was over here, but now mm-hmm. it's over. It's like that for a newcomer, that's sometimes right. a deal breaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've yeah, all felt that way where that, you're trying to, go ahead. They won't even click. It says Laravel 8 and they're like, oh, I'm not going to click. Yeah. Because it's, it's not like, Laravel 10. I know, but do I just say Laravel and then they're going to be like, well, what yeah. version? Like, I don't know how to deal with that. I always that. thought this is like your secret sauce to me is like this whole stuff right here. Like when you go into a Laracast video, you know you are getting something that is going to walk you through it like front to back very mm-hmm. carefully and very step by step where it's like you can, just, I don't know, I feel like I never watched a video uh, series really that is so, you can really follow it step by step. There's nothing skipped. You can trust. There's nothing. You can, trust you can yeah. totally trust it. If you're new to this concept, like you're going to, you're going to make mistakes in the video and leave that in and then talk about the mistake you made so I can learn from the mistake you made and whatever. So like, I think that stuff's so good. And since software is never done, this is the worst part about software. Software is never done. Like this, I mean, I've been working on the same product for 20 years. Right. And it's like, this product is never done. Like there's always more stuff to do or the tech or AI shows up and people want AI, right? Like whatever. There's always something yeah. where the, the stuff's not done. And mm-hmm. I think the videos need to reflect that, right? Like Laravel's never done. Uh, yeah, you just work it into supporting the tools are never done. Like yeah, all exactly. this stuff is evolving. And then, yeah, so it's got to be up to date. So that's, yeah. that's the gig, but that's the value too. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, it's great. We'd love to read, read us out, man. Ian. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks yes. for doing this. Sorry for taking fully two hours it. of your time. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Yeah, we were like, I don't know, maybe it'll just be like half an hour. No, we yeah, got yeah. it for two hours. I am alone so much every day, so this was really nice. <laughs> perfect. Hey, well, yeah, we had. Feel free to come back this, on if you get lonely. Just ping us. Yeah, we, we had this theory that was like, yeah, we'll come on for thirty minutes and then drop off. We'll do a regular show, and that'll be a fun style. It's like, nah, we're just gonna keep going. Nah, we're rolling with it. We're, we're, it's too interesting. We gotta stick with it. Uh, uh, too much, too much fun. All right, yeah, all right, great. Ian, tell us awesome. where can we find us. All right. Thank you, everybody. I find us on MostlyTechnical.com, MostlyTechPod on Twitter, and uh, MostlyTechnicalPodcast at gmail.com. And then uh, obviously you can reach Jeffrey at Jeffrey underscore way on Twitter and Laracast.com. Um, so yeah. So thanks a lot, Jeff, for coming on. And we will uh, see you on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you, guys.